What's up with all y'all true niggas? Rest in peace. True Kevin Miller. This your motherfucking Colonel. Of the motherfucking team. What's up, big boss, nigga? I got C Murder with me. LD, Silky Shock, Big Mo, Big B, Big Man, Big No Limit Soldiers, Big Pope, Big No Limit Soldiers, Serve on, We No Limit Soldiers, We No Limit Soldiers, We No Limit Soldiers, We No Limit Soldiers, I thought I told you so, bitch, get your mind right. Can't enable. I wonder what Mr. Servon's doing right now. I haven't heard Mr. Servon in a while. <laughs> Moby Dick. Oh, yeah. oh, random ass names in that click, man. Can't enable. This was like peak no limit to me, though. Yeah. Like, the sound got a little whack after a while, to be honest. This was peak. When did it get whack? When did the sound get whack to you? I want to say, honestly, not too long after they got sneaked Okay, So make them say, uh? Nah, 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 because after that was that was, that was around that peak. time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I think, well, maybe a little after that, I guess. But I, I just know Snoop Dogg had some of his worst albums on it. I'm not saying they were all bad, but I remember that being disappointing. And kind of ran that even sign. Like, he, he had a great experience with them, but yeah. I remember at the time, it was like, Snoop Dogg with No Limit now? Okay. Yeah. The music was kind of... Mm. Yeah, I think, I think now when you look back at that situation... It wasn't too, too bad, but what Snoop came from, you know, Doggy Style and just the whole Death Row experience, I guess it it, it just looked bad coming from that. Yeah. But if you look back at it now, like the albums wasn't just straight up trash. He had some good songs from the albums. It wasn't Doggy Style, though. Yeah. And the problem was they just they just made too many albums, man. Yeah, like you couldn't. It was like Pokemon cards, dog. You had to collect them all. I knew some people who had damn near every No Limit release, and I'm like, dog, how many albums are these you actually listening to? Honestly. Yeah, like they can't all be good. Yeah, I was actually uh, I've been keeping up with the, um, the No Limit Chronicles that been airing on BT every Wednesday, and um, he had a pretty sweet deal, record deal. With priority, I think it was priority. Yeah, he had a real good deal where he he had it where he can pretty much put anything out at any time because you know during that time record labels they only want you to uh, put out whenever they want you to. But he had a choice. I mean, he had the luxury of just releasing anything at any time. So yeah. that that made sense why he was throwing out so many albums to so many people and he was getting eighty percent of it. Yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah, so I kind of understood why. Because I, I, w- I wonder if uh, if other artists would have that same type of um, deal where they put out more albums like that. They did with Koch. I remember that was a big thing with Koch. Some yeah. artists would go to Koch, and they would. And people used to say, "I meant you were washed up." This graveyard. Koch would give Koch would give you like the most money for your albums out of any other label. You know, they wouldn't do a whole lot of promotion or anything like that. But out of the actual splits, you would get the most percentage up from them than from anybody else. So, yeah, they would take any artist. It's like, hey, you want to release an album? All right. Here we, you know, we'll give you the uh, what you need, but you just got to promote it. That's where that's where a lot of dipset projects came from, too. 
Yes. They would go yeah, right to Koch. And they actually they actually made it hot <laughs> a little bit. Because they wasn't they wasn't even washed up artists. But they went there and um they did numbers. Yep. Smart move. And another then my master P I'll never knock him for his mentality, his hustler mentality. Um, also the fact that he did good by artists, you know, Snoop Dogg still talks about, you know, how at that point in his career, how how nice Master P was to him. And that's actually coming from death row. Yeah, where, you know, niggas was scared of Shook Knight. Shook Knight was stealing from people. Yeah, yeah. But, and and uh, a couple of things I took away from this um, documentary is, um, I, I'm not going to give it all away, but one of the things Snoop said was he, I guess, Master P asked him for a verse. And Snoop mm-hmm. said, I guess Snoop was broke around that time, which is crazy. But he said, um, Snoop was like, hey, I charged 3500 for a verse. And, um... And Master P wrote him a check for thirty five thousand. Damn. So Snoop was like, "Damn, okay, okay, that's cool with me." He put the extra zero on that motherfucker. Okay. And um, for one verse, that's crazy. For, yeah, he pretty much looking out for him, man. I don't even think he was signed to him yet. But mm-hmm. then eventually, when they was going through that thing with Death Row, um, Master P went up to. Um, I want to say, I, I want to say, Suge was in jail. And he went up to Suge. He met Suge in jail and said, hey, how much you want for Snoop? And um, I guess I want to say Suge was like nine first, but I want to say he paid Suge maybe a couple million just to take Snoop off his hands. I'm like, damn, that's <laughs> and, um, that's huge. And I think around that time, Suge was needing some money. Yeah. So he he took he he actually probably could have got him for less, but he upped the price a lot. So um, then he drove Snoop around a rich suburban neighborhood and asked him what house he wants. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the he other, treated Snoop real good. Man. Yeah, that's the other thing I took away from Master P was he he pretty much um, I guess whoever signed to No Limit he made sure he got him a house, a necklace, a gun. And some other, uh, like a car or something like that. He actually looked out for him and gave him like a hundred thousand dollars on top of that. So it was actually, uh, it was a really good deal to sign with No Limit. I know it, it, it didn't look like it at that time. It, it, it kind of got that cash money feel to it. Mm-hmm. But he was actually setting them up to be cool. And if you, if you out there messing up and not doing right, he would be like, hey, you know, go, go your separate, separate way then. He but wouldn't he, hold you hostage he, and not let you out your deal if you wanted out. Yeah, he was actually looking out for people. I, I wish I was rapping during that time. I wish I could have ran it to Master mm-hmm. P because he was actually looking out for his artists, and that's rare. Master Master P is what people think Diddy is, but Diddy isn't. He's he, actually like the complete opposite. Yeah, like, but say, Master P opposite. is what Diddy should have been. Yeah, yeah, because in terms of taking care of artists. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you've never really seen anybody say a bad thing about Master P as far as, like, fucking him over or anything like that. That's true. Yep. Even I mean, Ma- him and Pimp C were cool, and he kidnapped Pimp C, <laughs> and they were still cool after that. So that, that tells you all you need to know about that. Yeah, Master, so, Master P was a real dude. He he stood yep. up to Suge Knight. I guess I guess it was um some point in his career where Master P moved to L.A. Uh, not L.A., but he moved to California, and he was – Ashley rapping. This was the um, late '80s, early '90s. He was actually rapping, and um, 
he was doing his thing, it should say, hey, only one of us can um, live. It's not enough for both of us in California. And uh, Master P said, all right, so when you moving? <laughs> he told that to Suge Knight. <laughs> so it showed you what type of guy Master P was, man. Yeah. In New Orleans, New Orleans is different from, from L.A., man. I'm not saying <laughs> L.A. gangbangers are soft. But New Orleans is a whole different beast, especially back then, man. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm sure that Matt P wasn't scared of nobody from L.A. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he he, so, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I didn't like about Master P is how early in his career he was like blatantly ripping off Tupac. Oh like, yeah, he blatantly stole Tupac's sound, his voice, his cadence, his delivery, his mm-hmm. ad libs. Like he 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 jacked a lot from Tupac, but he did change that <laughs> along the way. And made his own style, so yeah. that's the only knock I had against his career, though. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out to um, Master P, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, shout when, out to Master. Whenever P. you get a chance, check out that documentary, man. I, I want to say I, it's five parts to it, but it, it's actually pretty good. Did it air from like Monday through Friday, or how did it go? It aired every Wednesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, on BT, I watched it on a Fire Stick, but um, yeah, man, it's it's pretty good. I surprised you, you ain't see. I surprised you ain't see it on your timeline because it was kind of blowing up on my timeline. Honestly, man, I've been kind of like a ghost on social media, man. I've been in a hermit <laughs> a little bit. Oh yeah, uh, I, I've been. I don't know. I've been. T- I took a little bit of a break, not really intentional, but more so like I don't know. I, I had trouble logging in on my phone because of some weird shit going on with Twitter on my phone now. So mm. I don't check it except when I'm at work. So mm. I miss a whole lot of shit now, but. There are some things I did catch, Uh and we will talk about that in the podcast today. (laughs) A lot of interesting debates and topics and discussions to get into. So, yeah, last week was the Bone Thugs Appreciation Show. This week is the Master P and No Limit Appreciation Show. So, Before we get into this, before we leave from No Limit, I made a a post, I want to say maybe a couple weeks ago, and I said... Mystical is the down south version of DMX. I had a lot of people disagree with me and a lot of people agree with me. Do you think that's an accurate statement? I'm not saying they're the same person, but I'm just saying he's uh, Mystical is the New Orleans version of uh, DMX. Initially, I I, I have no problem with it. I'm I'm, wondering if people, the people who are mad, if they're DMX fans, because that's what it sounds like. Like they think that Mystical wasn't as big as DMX. Uh, Yeah. And see, that's the thing. I I, I made it clear that I'm not talking about albums or body of work and stuff like that. I'm just talking about style. I feel like they both got this aggressive style. They, um, They can rap on beat, but sometimes they just go off the chain. But they actually got lyrics. Like Mystical actually is pretty lyrical. DMS is pretty lyrical too, and they got a lot of energy. So um, yeah, just me listening to Mystical, I'm like, damn, this kind of he kind of remind me of DMS. Even when he jump on a, a like a posse cut type of song, and he just pretty much shred the song to pieces. That that kind of remind me of DMX, because whenever yeah. DMX on the song with everybody, he just kind of like take it away. I would go with DMX in terms of energy, but I'll also probably say kind of like a Busta Rhymes in terms of flow, mm. how he mix up the slow and the slow and fast, and he can you know different verses and different cadences. I think he's kind of similar to uh, Busta Rhymes in delivery, but DMX in energy. 
Mm. So yeah, I, I have no problem with him. Like people need to get yeah. out of him. People months, okay, just because he got that versus everybody want to be a super fan again. Yeah, calm down, man. <laughs> Nisko was a legend too. He needs his verses, honestly. He should I, get a verse. I, I think so. I, I, the only thing that's kind of worrying me, he he was in the documentary too, but the only thing was worrying me was the last time we I heard from him was the whole I guess the rape case he had. Oh yeah, I forgot he got a rape <laughs> case. Yeah, that can't happen. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. The, that's the only because I think he got out of jail for, for, for a rape case and went right back. He went back. I think he is rape. in prison now. Yeah, you're right. He, yeah, but I, yeah, but I I, st- I would still like to see that man. I think he because I wasn't a fan of Mystical at first, but the mm-hmm. more I listened to him, I'm like, damn, he actually is saying shit. Like I, I think he's he, rapping his ass off. Yeah, man. like. <laughs> and the thing is, also, if he was out of prison. Like, look, they let Fabulous fly. I ain't see one think piece about yeah. the uh, the history of him when it t- comes to domestic abuse. So, and see the thing, see the thing is, man. Like, let's be real, mystical, not hot right now. So people yeah. don't, people really don't give a shit. But if he had a hot song that was going right now, then people would probably say something. Yeah, probably. So it, it really but, don't benefit nobody for, you know, trying to stand outside and boycott him. That's fair, but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I forgot he, I forgot all about that, man, because I <laughs> yeah. was wondering what happened to Mystical. Where has he been? But, yeah, I think he's in jail. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, shout out to that whole camp, man. A yeah. missed, uh, legendary time to be in hip-hop, man, honestly. Keep sure. wanting to talk about the down kind of – downplay the uh the south when we started to rise and take over hip-hop like it was all trash and bad and because it wasn't niggas in a cypher over a, a trash can on fire <laughs> spitting battle lyrics <laughs> they think we trash because of that like in the nah, back alley man, in harlem yes we took <laughs> over and we never let go man new york let go and then they yeah. started chasing our sound so yeah. whatever but i digress that's a whole other yeah. podcast i'm about today. to say talk your shit man <laughs> <laughs> people made me sick man and some of them are still around it's kind of dying out now because mm-hmm. the newer kids from new york don't give a fuck about you know that rapidly rap shit from back in the day yeah but you still got some old heads talking shit about the south and talking about the uh so-called mumble raps which you know, mumble rap never really existed. To be honest, like there yeah. was mumbling, yeah, yeah, but it's nowhere it to wasn't. be found now. Yeah, like, honestly, all, like all these new du- all these new dudes out now. Like I just um I just started listening to this guy named um, Polo G. You seen in the group chat, Landry? Yeah, as who was Polo G? So I'm like, I, I heard of him, but I never checked him out. So I checked him out. I'm like, damn, he actually spitting. He he kind of remind me of, of Roddy Rich. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, damn, these do like I understand everything he's saying, and he's yeah. actually he, he harmonizing a lot. But yeah, these dudes out here really rapping now, and they out rapping all your favorite rappers. <laughs> Kids is spitting, man. Just because he ain't screaming on the top of their lungs, like fucking DMX or whoever, don't mean they ain't spitting, man. Yeah. So and and then, and then the um the one thing that's kind of making me proud too is they actually have some content. Like you could hear some pain in their lyrics too. Yeah. How you know, uh, you know, out in these streets and they trying to get a new crib and struggle, struggle. It's actually content. It's not just making it rain and all this other shit. They actually got some pain in their lyrics, and you could hear it. <laughs> you can, man. It's not. It's not all fake drug story, fairy tales like or, some niggas. Like just my favorite rapper Jay Z got some. 
even my favorite rapper Jay Z got some fairy tales in his lyrics, man. <laughs> I know he's so cracked, but he ain't losing ninety two bricks. I don't believe it. Yeah, yeah. But it, I digress, it, man. Yeah, yeah. it's he, it's not all punch. It's not all punchlines. Yes. Yeah, people punchline be- rap got old. Yeah, battle rap. The vibes killed punch rap. Punchline <laughs> rap. <laughs> we in the vibe era now, man. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, it's another edition of the podcast. We back at it, man. It's me, my man, Figgy Fig, as usual. Also got a special guest uh, joining us a little later on the podcast. Very interesting. Figgy's play cousin, as we call her, Joyce Gilliard. She will break down her experience as a hairstylist in TV and film and her new short film she wrote that's airing, I believe, next week on the Hip Hop Film Festival. And a whole lot of interesting discussions with her, man. So check that out as well later in this podcast. But first off, Figgy, how you been, man? How you holding up, bro? Man, I'm chilling, bro. Uh, um, same old, same old. Been a long week. A uh, lot of working. I, w- I was up here at the station working a little bit before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, everything cool, bro. Just chilling, okay. man. You enjoying these sports being back, man? How you feel about um, that shit? I'm 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 kind of d- back down to earth now. At first, I'm watching every baseball game, yep. watching every NBA game. You know, I ain't got I ain't got a race in the horse now, but the, except for the um the Rockets. But now I'm, I was watching random Memphis versus New Orleans and all this other yep. shit. So now I'm kind of I kind of laid off. I I definitely laid off the baseball, man. I've been trying to keep up with the Astros. They they damn games is too long, man. Yeah, the Astros are, I hate to say it, man, I hate to say it, but we got to call it what it is. The Astros are finished. <laughs> oh, you think they done? They done, man. They the Injuries are killing them. They all lost Verlander. They lost Osuna now. Like, niggas ain't hitting like they used to. It's <laughs> over, dog. We, 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 this is the asterisk season anyway. <laughs> 60 games, it don't count. Yeah. Next season, we'll see what happens. You, but this, you think it's the, a wrap, You man. think the cheating caught up to it with them not I hitting? don't think it's... People going to act like it was a cheating people, because the definitely. outside people who aren't watching Houston like that and don't see these injuries and don't see the players struggling, they going to say, oh, it was a cheating. Like, yeah. nah, man, I don't. The injuries are killing them. That's the oh, main they're thing not right using now. the trash cans now. Right. So yeah. when they 60 games, man, it yeah. don't count. Yeah. Um, when they played the uh, when they played the Dodgers, uh, I was watching the Dodgers network just to see what they were saying. And Jose Altuve struck out. And like, whoop, that's what happens when you don't know what's coming. <laughs> and they was just making little snarky jokes. It was kind of funny. <laughs> I honestly enjoyed yeah. it. But the, I mean, the Astros have got to eat that. Let's <laughs> yeah. be lucky that it's happening during a shortened season. Yeah. So it'll be over yeah. before we you, know it. You're lucky this ain't 162 games. <laughs> yes, because we have to eat shit for the entire duration. Every nationally televised game, we'd have to hear it. Yep. So it's almost <laughs> over by next year. Nobody will care about it no more. So yeah, you ain't got the fans and all this other stuff. So yeah, yeah, it actually worked out really well for them. Honestly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hate to say it, yeah. but the Astros are really lucky. We we got a pandemic going right now because they ain't got to hear it from the crowd. So yeah, how, how, I I I don't think I asked you this, but how you feel about that dude from the Dodgers throwing the ball at um. At, I want to say Bregman's head and made yeah, the Yeah, I saw that. And look, man, <laughs> this is why I got to call out the hypocrisy. Like, I, I, I just want to know, does sports just naturally make us hypocrites? <laughs> yeah. Because if it happens to your team, 
is bad, but if it happened to another team, I don't think anybody in Houston would give a shit. Yeah. And they would probably be on the side that the national media is on right now, where it's like, well, you cheated, you get what you get. Yeah. And now these Astros fans are coming out talking about you could have seriously injured him and he has a family. And it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. I, if you feel that way, fine. But keep that same energy for every time it happens. I don't want to see you celebrate no kind of thuggery <laughs> on the baseball field. Yeah. If, if you're going to get triggered by somebody getting thrown at the head because, I mean, shit happens in baseball, man. They pay yeah. like that. Yeah, no, the funny part about it was it was just last week or, or a couple weeks ago where they was cheering on um, Chapman, the closer for the Yankees, getting COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they was just like, oh, well, oh, he got COVID. Oh, but now when that happened, it's like, oh, guys, this is serious. <laughs> like, you I can't, can't be joking about this. About, <laughs> he could have died. Like, man, if you don't get the fuck out of here, <laughs> Yeah, you know, so dramatic just because you like these players, man. Just admit it, if you knew it yeah. was going to happen eventually. Yeah. It, it, I mean, that always. If it's your team, then it's it's a different story. Yeah. But if it's on, if it's the other way around, then it's like, hey, that's part of the game. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, if the if that roles were here's the thing, man. If the roles were reversed and the Dodgers won in 2017, she came out, they cheated. Come on, man. You think Houston fans would have any way near yeah. the excuses we would not they let, have right listen, now? We would not let go of the cheating. <laughs> Dog. There, there still are Houston fans. I hate to say it. I got to go off on Houston fans right now, man. Y'all some of the most pettiest motherfucking fan base out there, dog. There are people here who still believe that the reason the Rockets don't have a championship yet, this Rockets team doesn't, is because of Scott Foster, the referee. <laughs> <laughs> no, they blame the rest for everything. Like it's always somebody else's fault when a team don't show up and perform well or or whatever happens. So yeah, it's always somebody this, else's fault. This man. this I'm the like, first okay. yeah this the first time I've been around people that actually blame the refs. Like in Cleveland, we like we got swept. Uh, we got swept in the last finals. We lost four one in the uh, finals before that. <laughs> we lost, uh, I want to say four two in the, in our first finals. We got swept by the San Antonio Spurs. We never mentioned the the refs. We never mentioned we. You know we we lost to the Warriors. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. But I I never complained about. It, it was never a call where we was like what, and they and they do make some bad calls, but we never said that was the reason why we lost this game or the reason we never had a chance because of this ref. It was always, damn, we just lost. Now, here is always it's somebody the, else. It's the refs, man. it's the umpires. Yeah, it's the umpire, that fucking, who is named Joe? What's his name? What's that motherfucking uh, name? Is it Angel Hernandez? Angel, nah, the uh, other one, that Joe, I forget his name now, but Joe West, I think it is. Oh, yeah, Joe West, yeah. Yeah, everybody talking about him as a reason. Like, <laughs> I never knew any ref's name until I started following Houston sports seriously. <laughs> and now suddenly I know all the refs and umpires. I'm like, I shouldn't know they fucking yeah. names, man. And yeah. ain't they fault, they lost. Yeah, and it's funny but because whatever. people will bring up stats on Joey Foster. What's his name? Joe Foster. Scott Foster, Scott yeah. Foster on the games he coached. Uh, or the games he ref against the uh, Rockets, mm-hmm. and the Rockets are like zero and eighteen or something crazy yeah, like that. Yo, they always lose when he refs. <laughs> like, where did like, you find on, this man. stat at? <laughs> and here's the thing: like, I'm not saying they're completely wrong. I, I agree. 
that the refs have a lot of pull on, you know, the, the, the way a game can go and who can win and lose at times in clutch situations. If you call a foul or don't call a foul, that could be the game. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a seven-game series, man. Yeah. Even in baseball, seven-game series is not going to be one game that decides everything all the time, you know, because there's always something that the team should have done more. You should have closed it out in five or six or whatever you could have done. So, And, and honestly, everything. man, it's it's not even just the fans. It's like when you look at the Rockets, they always had the beef with the refs. Yes. Remember, remember they, uh, I want to say they filed something against the refs. Or I forgot what it was. It was like a bad call. I don't know what it was, but the Rockets are known for complaining about the refs. So yes. the the refs probably don't like them. So they probably don't give them the benefit of the doubt because they probably like man these shitty ass these shitty ass dudes keep complaining and thinking I'm calling bad calls and all this stuff. So they probably don't get the benefit of the doubt. And James Harden made a career out of drawing contact off of some bullshit to make his points, man. <laughs> and it's like, when you do shit like this, there's going to be repercussions sometimes, dog. Yeah. Like, James Harden making a living at the line. I love James Harden. Like, he's <laughs> one of the greatest players of all time. But he makes a living at the line sometimes, man. And that's because <laughs> of the refs, too. So you can't yeah. say, oh, the refs ain't do nothing bad here. But, oh, they're the reason why the Rockets lost. I'm like, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> they contradict and they make people hypocrites, but yeah. whatever. I digress. We digress. I know we've lost all our Houston sports. I know, fans man. Now. I still love. <laughs> I still love Houston sports, man. We love y'all, man. We just we, we got some diehard. That's one thing I do respect about Houston fans. There are some diehard fans. Like yeah. they don't fuck with anybody else unless you're wearing that uniform. But yeah. look at Russell uh, Russell Westbrook. They did not. Yes. Nobody like Russell Westbrook until he put on his uniform. Now it's like, nah, oh, man, yeah. Nah, we the Russell Brody. Westbrook defense force, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, Niggas I, had elite tweets, man. Yeah, so I, I do respect that. But, yeah. It, it, nah, we, love, we just playing with y'all. We love y'all. We just got to call it what it is, man. Y'all be <laughs> sensitive sometimes. But we love y'all all the same, man. <laughs> Uh, so that was our sports section of the show. Yeah, let's jump into some topics, man. We got to get into these. Uh, a lot of a lot of spicy stuff happening. Yeah. Um, the main thing. Let's just jump right into it, man. No fanfare. No no special intros. Fuck it. Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B dropped a softcore porn <laughs> with added music in the background. Yeah, <laughs> it's called WAP. And you'll find out what that means when you listen to the song. Uh, it's actually a Cardi B song featuring Megan Thee Stallion, to be fair. Yeah. Um, a lot of thoughts on this. Um, I- I'll just say how I felt about it first, man, before you get into all the drama and all that shit. When I first saw the teaser for this song, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> Cardi B talking about her pussy again. I was like, whatever. I, w- I didn't care about did, it. Did I'm you like, know what whatever. WAP mean? When you first seen this? I didn't know what it meant at first, but I know somebody said uh, what it meant. Does it mean wet ass pussy? And I guess that's, I saw it on social media before the song came out. Yeah. Okay, I guess that's what it means, whatever. Yeah. But I wasn't excited to hear it, man. I was like, oh God, another Cardi B song talking about her pussy and and fucking and whatever. We've heard it plenty of times. Yeah. I didn't care about it. The song drops. I do take a listen. I watched the video first. The video, the weird thing about the video is the video, the audio on the video version is censored. Yeah. But I don't see why. 
because the visuals are crazy. Like it's damn near, like I said, softcore porn. Yeah. <laughs> but you got this censored lyrics on the video, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. And the and the um the lyrics in the video video is still somewhat suspect. You, yes. you still can't play it on the radio. Yeah. Like they actually talking about sexual acts. I think they will play us on the radio though, honestly. Yeah, that, they're gonna have like, to clean it up a little more though. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because like on the, a song like this, they would back in the day have to completely re-record with new lyrics to the radio version. Yeah. <laughs> and this one, they just censored a couple words and called it a day. <laughs> but it's like you can still clearly see, hear what they saying, even in the hook. Yeah. So uh the song, I'll talk about the song first, man. I like the song, I will admit. <laughs> I wasn't looking forward to it. I didn't really care for it at first, but when I heard the song. I liked it, man. I can't lie. Um, I think this is the hit that Cardi B has been searching for for a while now. Um, this is going to be the lead single off her new album, I believe. And I, I had called Cardi B. I didn't say she was over, but I thought she was cold mm. for a minute now after her album, the so, debut album came out. So, so apparently, uh, I think the reason why she wasn't releasing music was I guess she was trying to get a deal together. I, I wait another one. I guess so. I guess so. That was the reason. And I guess they just got the deal done, and then that's when this song came out. Okay. So I guess she I'm, had been recording and stuff, but I guess um, she didn't put out. She wasn't putting out anything until they. I guess I don't know if she was restructuring the deal or signing a different type of deal, but that was word on the street. I'm sure she restructured because Atlantic ain't letting her go. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she she ain't going nowhere, but she probably did restructure her deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the songs she had released after her debut album were kind of cold. That press song press. didn't do shit. Money. Um, the money song didn't really do anything. It was kind of here and gone. But this song, I feel like this is vintage Cardi right here. This is why mm-hmm. people started fucking with Cardi in the first place. Songs mm-hmm. like this. And she was in her bag on the, on the song, man. The beat is cold. Um, she did her thing. Megan Thee Stallion, of course, did her thing too. Uh, I like the song a lot, honestly. I ran it back a few times, I will admit. <laughs> um, I will still feel a certain way if I bump it in the whip and it's super loud. But <laughs> look, I like the song, man. I can't even front. I can't front that. I, I do like the song. I enjoyed it. I thought they both did their thing. I liked how they switched up the flow a little bit. And it was a very well put together song. I'll say that much. Yeah. The video, I really enjoyed. <laughs> now, I got to say, this is what Hot Girl Summer should have been. Yes. The video for Hot Girl Summer, which yeah. was just a fucking beach party. A house party. On a random day. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, uh, I think Cardi and, Cardi and Meg have better chemistry than Megan and Nikki. Mm. So, which I didn't expect at first. I thought, you know, since Megan more resembled Nikki's style that they would have the better chemistry, but nah. The, I think Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion's styles mesh much better. The video was way more creative. Another thing about Cardi B, she makes good videos. Yeah. There's one about the music. She has very good, high-produced, uh, creative videos that she puts out for all of her shit. And this was very creative in a way, yet you know you knew it was going to be about twerking and bullshit, but it was done in a very like there was choreography. There was a lot yeah. of crazy shit in this video, man. Yeah, she said she spent uh, a lot on this video too. Yeah, you could tell, man. Very it had a weird little 
Pee Wee's Funhouse type of vibe to it, man, with the <laughs> yeah. house and all the crazy shit. They had tigers and all this crazy stuff going on. Yeah. Background dancers, choreography. I liked how uh, Megan and, and Cardi were all touchy-feely on each other. I, we needed that on a Hot Girl Summer song, but Nikki <laughs> probably pussied out. <laughs> but, so I like that they gave us what we wanted here. We It was really everything we could have wanted out of a Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion song. Yeah. So we'll talk about the, all the controversy and all the other shit that happened later. But first off, Figgy, what were your initial thoughts on this song and video, man? Um, I, I w- When I seen the artwork for the video, I was... I was really excited. I I always talked about them doing a song together, but for some reason, I thought it wasn't going to happen for the simple fact that, you know, the Nicki and Cardi thing, and, oh, she did a song with Nicki, and I I just ain't think it would happen. But I'm, I'm really glad that um, Meg actually have a song with Cardi, and, you know, it's because a lot of women don't really do that. If you make a song with this person... Most likely, you won't have a song with that other person. So yeah. it's good that she got a song with uh, uh, with Cardi and Nicki. But as far as the song, I thought the song was good. I, I think it's everything you thought the song would be. I, I, I like the beat. I like the lyrics. They was actually rapping in it. Uh, very sexual. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think it's. I think. I think it's definitely a summer. Anthem. I know the summer about to end, but it's definitely a summer anthem, and it sucked that we can't really go outside and experience it. <laughs> but um, I think it's a great song. As far as the video, the video, the video is really. I, I really enjoyed the video. I watched the video a couple times, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I feel like they really got good chemistry together. I could see them making a couple songs together, and. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't think Nikki and um, Cardi had uh, Nikki and um, Meg had that good chemistry like that. It seemed like it was just a feature, a punch in type of feature. Yeah, but um, these two, it seemed like they should. They, I know this probably won't happen, but it seemed like they should have a, um, a like a little EP together, and this probably be the EP of the year if they if it did happen. But the. The video was really good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing the different women in it. I know a lot of people was upset with Kylie Jenner in it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was weird that she had her own little part in it. <laughs> they cut the music for her. <laughs> but I ain't gonna lie, man. I thought she looked good. <laughs> I wasn't mad she she was in the video. I, I might have been scratching my head a little bit while they gave her that little part, but I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, we could t- we'll, let's talk about that for a second because yeah. that's the first thing I saw people were upset about, the Kylie <laughs> Jenner. And yeah, you're right. It was kind of out of nowhere. But this is also a video that had a bunch of cameos from people. Um, I was just more surprised that she didn't really do anything. She just walked in. She walked down a hallway into a door and that was it. Yeah. So part of me wonders because this is me my conspiracy shit. Uh, I know where you're going I, with this. You know where I'm, I'm going, I, I, Yeah, I might have thought the same thing. <laughs> I think a lot of people did, probably. So I'm not going to claim, like, it's the original idea by me and me only. But on the conspiracy bag, uh, I do believe that it's possible that Kylie Jenner originally had a bigger role in this video, where she was at least seen with Meg and Cardi. But, of course, we know what, trans- what probably transpired uh, reportedly, allegedly, however you want to say it, 
uh, during the uh, Megan Thee Stallion shooting at that whatever pool party they had with Tory Lanez. Allegedly, uh, it sparked off because Tory and uh, Kylie were being very flirty towards each other. Allegedly, we don't know. She ain't confirmed that. But that was what was reported. And we also know she was there. And I also know that Megan hasn't clarified or see, I think she has cleared up anything that she thought was false, but anything that could have been true, she hasn't spoken on. Yeah. You know, she did talk about her fake friends in that IG video. She didn't say names, but you know, if she was at Kylie's party, they would probably thought they was friends at first. Yeah. And then things transpired. And I do think there is some negative energy there between them two now. Yeah. After what happened. So I'm just saying it's possible that she had a bigger role and it was cut down to just that one shot because of what transpired after that shooting incident and everything that happened that day. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking, man. You took everything I was gonna say. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. And also, I I wonder. I don't know, man. That's that's pretty much what I had to say, man. That's pretty much what I had to say. But it, I I feel like Meg is a um, she's kind of a person where she, I could tell she's not really an industry person. Mm-hmm. She I guess she probably really did get into it and thought she really had some good friends and see that it's not really like that. And um, every time she do an Instagram live, I could tell she really is hurt. Like she, yeah. she lost her mom. She, I think she lost her grandma, kind of back to back a little bit. And, and I could tell she not really cut for the, all the fake shit. So I could see her, you know, kind of taking a step back, doing her thing, and not really getting into these industry friends because she was friends with a lot of people in the industry after a yeah. while. So I don't know what happened at that party, but I could, I wouldn't be surprised if she take a step back from everybody she uh she keep her head down do her music and just keep doing her thing yeah man like we talked about with joyce later on in his podcast man you think people are your friends but then when shit get real mm-hmm. they ain't nowhere to be found suddenly you know yeah. or they gotta pick a side you know let's be honest like if you're a friend of kylie and meg and you got to choose between them you see what kind of clout Kylie has. She's a reportedly close to a billionaire now. Yeah. Most of these fake ass friends gonna side with Kylie. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, if there's a, a supposed beef, that that could be the reason why you know you thought people go was gonna be on your side and were in your corner. Yeah. But then they side on they're on that side suddenly. Yeah. It comes between you two. So. Like yeah, it ain't no telling what happened. I, I mean, I don't know how involved Kylie was yeah. in the incident. They probably was like, nah, we got, we need to protect her. You need to, you know, mm-hmm. take this fall. <laughs> Don't report it to the police because yeah. she didn't. Yeah. So a you whole need lot to, of freaky Yeah, shit. you can't come out and say anything about this. So it, it, it ain't no telling what happened. But yeah. I could tell Meg is hurt. I, you know, I, I feel so bad for her. I hope she get through this. But, um, yeah, you could tell she really hurt by this. You can, man. So... Like I said, it's not my, only my conspiracy theory. I think it had been circling around for a while. And any, anybody could assume based off of what we think we know about the situation. But yeah, I do think 
that it would have been less if this never happened, if the Megan the Stallion shooting never happened and the Kylie Jenner pool party shit didn't go down, I think the video would look different. Yeah. But since it did, it was just cut to that weird shot of her walking down. Uh, so now that that's out the way. Yeah. The appearance itself, man, like you said, like Kylie did look, are we going to act like Kylie Jenner don't look good? What is wrong with people? Yeah, I don't understand. I seen the, um, I guess people was trying to boycott the, uh, try to sign a petition to get her off of it. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Like you could feel however you want to feel about her as a person. You can't deny she don't, uh, she, you can't deny she look good. She she look good. (laughs) And not only that, like, look, she let's be real she's more famous than both of them and has more money and what other video she was in that's a big that's a big deal for her to be in a video exactly you don't see her doing cameos in anybody video she ain't so (laughs) that's the thing man people got to really people i I saw people upset about uh certain uh uh accounts like i think uh e-entertainment or somebody uh, Entertainment Tonight, I think, made a post about Kylie Jenner was in the Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion video and she was doing her thing and whatever. And it's like, look, that audience does not know Megan Thee Stallion. Mm-hmm. That audience knows Kylie Jenner. So, of course, they go and promote Kylie Jenner. And if it brings more eyes to you, that's a good thing that's, for you, yeah, too. That's the whole point. Exactly. Like, like if we had Kylie Jenner on the podcast... I'm not about to be upset when they say, oh, Polly, uh, Kylie Jenner said this, blah, blah, blah. This statement on this podcast, blah, blah, blah. Or, like, I don't care. Like, that's bringing attention to the podcast, no matter what. Yes. Even if it's, if even if it don't say my, our damn names, <laughs> that's still bringing attention to us. Yes. Yeah, like and I said. God is powerful, man. Yeah, man. Like, I'm sure some people saying, oh, Beyonce's song, um, uh, savage or something like that. I'm, I'm sure it's some people that took it that way, but it, I mean, it's Kylie Jenner. Everybody know Kylie Jenner. <laughs> yes. So the attention, even if it came from people who didn't know who she was, it was a good thing, man. Boosted yeah. up the views, probably going to boost up the streams because people who know, it's, it's, let's be honest, Kylie kind of made Travis in terms of how big he is now. Yeah. She, she introduced him to a different audience. Exactly. And, you know, like that whole connection made him much bigger. I'm not saying like the music is what got him over ultimately, but as far as the fame and the numbers he does, it's that like, was who boosted is this guy? by the Kylie thing. Yeah, who is this guy? She's that she's dating this rapper named Travis Scott. Exactly. So, Nobody had known before, but now everybody yeah. knows who Travis Scott you, is. So. You, you could argue and say that even with Tyga. At some point, yeah, like a lot, that audience didn't really know who Tiger was, but yep. but he she was um he was Kylie's boyfriend <laughs> at some point. I I take true. that. <laughs> I take that. Very true. Same thing with Tristan Thompson. Everybody who get involved with that family, except for Kanye, because Kanye was already huge. Yeah, but besides him, everybody else they get their popularity boosted, their notoriety boosted that, by being in that family. That, that's so, like a promotion thing. <laughs> like, is, let me basically. let me date this person. I don't even know if they really be dating people for real. But it's kind of <laughs> like a promotion thing. If they get with somebody, it's like, oh, Courtney's new boyfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they blow up out of nowhere. Or um, Kylie's new best friend, Jordan. 
Like no, yes, like nobody no. knew who Jordan Woods was, and now yeah. everybody knows who she is. She's trending too. She got a big old booty massage video going on right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So the thing, people being mad about Kylie, I don't really get it. Number one, the money she spent on her body was money well spent because it looked <laughs> real good. Yeah, and yeah, it wasn't like okay. It was weird that they cut the music for her and made it so dramatic because she didn't <laughs> do shit. She just walked. Yeah, but. It's not like it was like five seconds of a three plus minute video, man. <laughs> it didn't take up the whole thing. Yeah. And you can easily skip it. Yeah. On the video. It's not even that long enough to skip. Yes. Like, it would be one thing if they had her talking in the middle of a track or something. Talking in the beginning and all this other yeah. stuff. If she was like the star of the video, then I can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> it was very short, very skippable. So I don't know why women just didn't want to see a white woman in the video at all. I yeah. think. But who, what, like, who what, were the who, who were the other people in the videos that made cameos? Because I I seen somebody. I wasn't sure if it was her. I forgot her name. But who was Normandy the, was in it. Normandy. Yeah, Normandy mm-hmm. and somebody else. I can't remember their name. Mm-hmm. Some other red bone looking chick, but I can't remember who she was. I, I don't know. Yeah. People I didn't really know about before, but hey, mm. <laughs> yeah. like I said, they boost their popularity too. Yeah. So, yeah, the Kylie Jenner thing. So the the other main discussion that happened is we're back to this now. <laughs> we're back to the vulgarity in hip hop debate. Oh, my daughters now. can't listen to this. <laughs> the thought rap has taken out of control. Our moral fiber is being eroded. They don't we have any fathers in their lives. Our women are going to be prostitutes. <laughs> Black women have no positive role models now. Uh, <laughs> our society is crumbling. Uh, my daughter going to have an OnlyFans soon. Like, <laughs> all this shit, man. Yeah. So let's break that down. Uh, basically, I- I'm hearing a whole lot of voices. People think I, the think pieces came out in record time during this video, man. The Twitter threads, they came out in record time yeah. talking about how uh, Cardi B, they they basically, the same debates you've heard about her and her content for a yeah. while. Politicians. Sex. Yeah, yeah, politicians coming out. Of course, they coming out. Yeah. yeah. So, man, I'll start with you and your take, dog. Like, what do you think about the reaction to uh, the the song being so sexual and them supposedly being role models for kids, but only talking about sex. And do you think this is ruining black youth in America, Biggie? Uh, No, it's not. But to answer your question on what I think about this, I was kind of expecting this. I knew it was going to happen just for the simple fact was Cardi B. Cardi B has blown up into a superstar where everybody in in white America knows who she is. So she pretty much blew, like, her. Um, some of her song, her latest songs was, like, Money and Press. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of see that part of Cardi B. We know what Cardi B is. We know what she can do as far as, like, sexual content and lyrics. So with her putting this out, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't like, oh, God, she crossed into another level. That been Cardi B from the beginning. So I think with Cardi B being this big superstar, everybody is seeing this Cardi B now. So that's I think that's one of the reasons why it's such a big deal now. If it was just Meg, if it was Meg's song, I don't think people would really care. 
I mean, of course, you'll, you'll get some of the people that's like, oh, women, all they do is rap about this and all this other stuff. But you wouldn't have politicians tweeting about yeah. this and other white people like, wow, I can't believe what I just saw and all this other stuff. But, um, yeah, I think people just need to relax, man. It's all type of dirty content out there. Like, you don't, your kids don't have to listen to Cardi B. Like it's it's pouring out there. Do you, uh, is, mm-hmm. there, is the is is the kids gonna start doing porn now because it's content like that out there? Like if it, people just need to relax, man. Like if you don't want your kids watching this, don't let them watch it. It's it's stuff out there for everybody. Keep them in keep them in a little box. Then like Cardi B is not an artist for children. <laughs> like I I guess I guess they want her to be, but. She's not. Let's keep it real. She's not a, a, a children Nickelodeon type of artist. So I, I just don't understand how people feel like this type of content can change a woman or you know all, all this other stuff, man. Even with even with guys, I ain't I ain't really like guys, you know, weighing in on this topic either. Mm-hmm. It's like nah, like we can rap about destroying our community, selling drugs, and all this other stuff, but a woman can't rap about some wet ass pussy. <laughs> So I don't know. I think people just need to look in the mirror. Like y'all ain't no perfect angels. Like let these women rap about whatever they want to rap about. I'm as long as the music sound fire, that's all that matter. Because that that song will blow up in the strip club. <laughs> so I, I I think people need to relax. Yeah, you're 100% right, man. And the men being upset about this really threw me for a loop. It's like <laughs> What did y'all expect? Number one, what did y'all expect them to rap about when you knew the song was coming out? <laughs> and number two, like you said, man, like, oh, how how much bullshit male rap we got? We got Future talking about Molly Percocet on the fucking radio, man. <laughs> yeah. And all that shit was cool, but suddenly society is falling apart because Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B are twerking and talking about sucking dick or whatever. It's like, come on, what's worse for the community, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> selling dope and killing niggas yeah. or, or having sex. Like what's honestly really worse for the community? Let's be real. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's what we come to them for. And that's what they deliver. I used yeah. to be critical of Meg cause I, I thought she had more, but it's, it's all she want to talk about, man. I'm cool with it. I'm not going to yeah. complain and say, you talk about sucking dick too much. Like it's a terrible thing to hear as a man. Yeah. So yeah, because like, at, whatever, at the same time, it's like, we don't go to the other female artists that rap about real shit. We don't go to no name. Exactly. We don't go to or Rhapsody. Uh, they only bring up Rhapsody, Rhapsody. when this shit happens. Yep. Nobody <laughs> care about Rhapsody when she dropped an album last year with yeah. suddenly her name coming back up because they shitting on Cardi B and Meg the Stallion. Yeah. So like it's not like you run to them all the time they only bring them up whenever you know they trying to shit on meg or cardi or city girls i like that's i respect what they do man they stay in their lane they talk about the shit they talk about if i want to hear that type of shit i'm going to them i agree man so (laughs) like like we said they they were in their element here they did what they did best and it's a cool party song cool strip club song it is what it is. People who are all mad got to relax. Go <laughs> listen to that Beyonce album if you want to be inspired and talk about, you know, yeah. whatever you yeah. think we need to hear right now. Yeah, this song not for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not complaining but, about the country song that's coming out. 
Exactly. Like that, and, and the fact the fact is, man, hip hop has been this way for a long time now. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember people being so upset when Kia made a song about my neck, my back, lift my <laughs> pussy and my crack. Yeah. But suddenly when Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion do it, it's a big, I don't know, people are just super sensitive for no reason now. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. But it is what it is, man. <laughs> so I think it's obvious we give this song and video two thumbs up and yeah. everything else up. Pause. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you ain't heard it, you probably gonna hear it eventually. So check it out. The video is very nice. Just make sure your kids and, and wife yeah. and girlfriend ain't in the vicinity while you're watching it. <laughs> how that go? Yeah. Uh. So other things that happened this week. Um. Let's break down this Rick Ross and Two Chains battle. Um. The verses. That, that happened uh, this previous week. Um, Vicky, you actually watched it, right? Um, I watched half of it. I got up to like round, I want to say, oh, I got up to like round seven. Okay. Round, or, uh, I got up to round eight. That's why. I, that's, okay. Yeah. But um, so. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, I watched it. I can't lie, man. This was probably the worst one. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, it was a snooze fest. Um, Rick Ross is not to me. Rick Ross is not good for these type of uh, verses. The one thing uh, I learned from watching these verses is the artists got to have some type of chemistry. They got to have some type of personality, and Ross really didn't have it. It, it, it seemed like to me. I didn't want to jump out the window and, and tweet this, but to me, it seemed like they had no chemistry. It seemed like it was a little tension, uh, a little tension. And uh, it seemed like he didn't even want to be there. I don't know if he was offended because he was going against 2 Chains, and he felt like he should have been going against a Jay-Z or something like that. But he seemed like he was a little offended. And, uh, yeah, I I just wasn't feeling it, man. I could tell 2 Chains. um, 2 Chains was trying to lighten it up a little bit because – so this is how it went. Ross went first. He played BMF. He just got right into it. Mm-hmm. He ain't really talk shit. He ain't really say how how the song came about or anything. And uh, Two Chains was like, "Damn, okay." Well, and he pretty much said, "Hey, I'm a, I'm gonna tell y'all how I got this song. This is my first platinum song, so I will let y'all know how this happened." You know, I know he got right into it, but I'm gonna break this down since this is my you know this is my song or whatever. But it seemed like Ross was a little offended to me. I ain't really seen nobody say this, but it seemed like he was a little, like he didn't want to be there. So I, I'm not sure how cool they are. And they seem, it seemed like he was cool. Uh, Ross ended up giving them a gift, a gift bag. Mm-hmm. But it just seemed real weird. I ain't really see them dap each other up in the beginning. Or I know we ain't supposed to be dapping each other up, but it just, to me, it seemed really off. And that's the thing you got to realize with these versus battles. I know that the last one was DMX and Snoop. And originally, I'm like, ah, that's not really a good matchup. But it actually was a good matchup. They both had chemistry. Snoop was entertaining. DMX was entertaining. They both seemed like they was cool with each other. This one was all the opposite to me. Yeah, honestly, man, when I heard this announced, that's how I figured it was going to go. You know, and it's not 2 Chain's fault. I got to call out Ross because I'm a big fan of Rick Ross, but he's not an entertainer. Mm-hmm. You know, he is strictly a rapper, honestly. Yeah. 
He's not an inter- I would I would not really want to go to a live Rick Ross show because I know he's just gonna stand around. <laughs> I know he's just gonna repeat the songs, probably have a vocal track in the background, and then just go off the stage. I know he's not really an entertainer like that. So I already knew like Rick Ross was gonna get on there like he was too cool for school and and just act like he was above this whole thing because that's his whole persona, you know, being this whole big mafia boss type character. Yeah. And I knew he was going to act like he was too good for it. And 2 Chains is a performer. He is entertaining. He's been in the industry for a long time and he knows how to hype up a crowd. Yeah. So, I'm not surprised he was entertaining, but I knew what to expect from Rick Ross. Yeah. You know, I knew he wouldn't he wasn't going to be really feeling it and I knew he was going to come off as kind of, you know, too laid back and too cool for school, so. Yeah, and and this the thing too, like uh, looking at both of their careers, I felt like it was a good matchup because they both were older. Yeah. They, they both was at Def Jam at some point. They, they both took a minute to get popping where they both eventually rebranded themselves and uh, changed their styles up and stuff like that. So from that point, I thought it was a good matchup. A lot of people were saying, nah, this is awful. Uh, Raw's going to watch them and all this stuff. This don't make sense. But from that standpoint, I thought it was a good matchup. But just the way Ross was acting, man. It's just like, nah. And then his comments afterwards, he said he could do another one and he didn't even play all his hits. Oh my god. It's just like, man, nah, man. I, I just I, I just don't like that. And and to me, that was a big disrespect to Two Chains. Because I thought Two Chains, I think he had a pretty good career, man. Like looking at this playlist, he all his shit was pretty diverse. Like he he got a lot of shit from club records to serious records. Like he he got a lot of shit. He was on a lot of big songs, mm-hmm. and like for uh, Ross to sit there and say I ain't even play all my number one hits. This is like, dog, come on, man. And I yeah. and I think Ross got a really good catalog too. I and I like I like his music choice, but this is like, man, come on, man. Like I I think maybe maybe the versus thing ain't for him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you know. I, I I don't want y'all to think I'm being critical of Ross as far as music, but maybe this type of thing ain't for him. I I I'd rather have you know two chains with uh, uh I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to think of somebody now, but I'd rather have two chains than somebody else that uh, that that would be more entertaining. Shoot, two chains versus Ludacris. Yeah, I don't know if they but, cool now, but uh, but Ludacris. Oh, he already, already did one. That's right. Fuck, I yeah. forgot. Yeah, I don't know who you would go against then. Yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, uh, musically, I, I, would, I would take a. Uh, this would probably be too much, but I was gonna say Ludacris. I'm uh, not Ludacris, but Two Chains and maybe a Juicy J, or I, I don't know. It, it, it got to be somebody that's super entertaining. The the one yeah. the one entertaining thing about this battle though, from what I saw, was the um, uh, Two Chains run some two uh, two strippers in. When bands okay. make a dance came in, he, he just throwing money all on them, and they was twerking. Okay. They had the mask on, which is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, "Oh shit, okay." But I don't know. This was to me. This was probably the worst one, and that's including all the other shit with the technical problems. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just didn't like this one at all, man. It was no chemistry. It seemed like Ross didn't want to be there. So I don't know. Maybe he was. I think he was offended that he was going against two chains. 
I just think he was going to act like this no matter who he got put against, man. Because Rick Rochas has that persona where he always thinks he's above everything. So I'm not surprised it was kind of whack on that end. And that's another thing, like, I'm going to start looking at it from the perspective of which one is going to be more entertaining versus which who's going to win or who got the best discography or who got this or that. Because ultimately, nobody wins or loses. Yeah. You know, it's all subjective and it's whoever you like more, but it, it, it needs to be about the experience itself and not just the, the matchup on paper. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we could all just look at two chains versus Rick Ross and make our own assumptions yeah. on who had the better career, who got the better discography. You know, yeah. that's, that's just a Twitter debate. Yeah. You know, the actual experience, you know, is what's important because people taking time out their day to watch it and it's supposed to be entertaining for everybody watching. And yeah. if it's somebody who's more laid back and somebody who's a little more energetic, it's going to be a weird mix. It has to be some, some like a Snoop Dogg and DMX, you know, yeah. people with genuine love for each other, people who are friendly and mm-hmm. people who just want to have a good time and entertain people. Yeah, exactly. That's the main important thing. Yeah. And then the other thing people got realized with these versus battles is like you said, it's not about the matchup on paper. Like it's about what you play. Like Jay Z probably got the best albums of all time as far as like mm-hmm. body of work. He got to pick twenty songs. Like if he picked twenty of his worst songs, like that th- that won't do anything. You know what I mean, so yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's it's not really about you know um, seeing Rick Ross versus Two Chains and be like, oh, Rick Ross got this. He got eight albums full of shit. Like, it depends what he play. Like, and we kind of learned that from the DMX and Snoop battle. Yeah. Because remember from the beginning, we was like, oh, Snoop got too much shit. <laughs> he got too many albums and all this stuff. But, I mean, we still think Snoop won, but DMX, he ain't get swept. I don't think he got swept. But I think it depends. It's like the performance is what you play at a certain time. I think that's what people need to realize with this versus stuff as well. I agree, man. The playlist does matter. So fuck it. Let's just break this down like we did the the other one. Cause I saw you you got the rounds and the playlists listed. So um like you already said, Rick Ross start off started off with BMF. Two chains started with no lie. I gotta say Rick Ross took this one. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I was surprised Ross started with that as as the first song. That was like a that was like first round uppercut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was a knockout punch. So yeah, BMF's one of my favorite songs. Yeah, so, still yeah. still goes to this day, man. Yeah. Ross was at another level with that whole shit. He needs to get back with those. Who's that? Lex Luger who produced that? Yep. I think it was Lex Luger. Yeah, like, I'm not saying Lex Luger's sound ain't get old after a while, but we need another Lex I, Luger I, in Rick I, Ross. I, song, I still dog. think I still think that sound is hard, man. I know it's not it really is. out now, but that sound was hard, man. That was a sound that people was like, what the fuck is this? I don't even know what this is. But that sound was hard, man. Especially coming sound, especially coming after the whole, you know, the dance type of music. The mm-hmm. the this uh, I guess we call it snap music or whatever. I don't. I, I forgot what to call it, but coming out of the two thousands, <laughs> that type of sound, and going into that, that shit yeah. was hard, man. <laughs> that shit it made Waka Flocka too, man. So a lot yeah. of classics, and yeah, BMF. That's 
come on, man, you can't pick against BMF. So, yeah. of course, that one's going to win round one. Mm-hmm. Uh, round two had Rick Ross really came through with all the big hitters early. Yeah. he Rick Ross came out with Bill O'Brien's favorite song, Hustling. <laughs> and uh, 2 Chains did I'm Different. Yeah. I never liked I'm Different. I didn't I never liked that fucking song. So Rick Ross easily takes this one for me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, round three, uh, Lil Wayne, John, uh, featuring Rick Ross. So this is the feature round, I guess. Lil Wayne, John, uh, yeah. and uh, Two Chains had fucking problems. Yeah. Uh, the both of these songs are pretty hard, man. Honestly, yeah. but uh, I might go with the Lil Wayne one, really, because okay. I wasn't a huge fan of fucking problems. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I, I I would say that I I did like fucking problems, but um I I, I got to go with John. All right, all right, we're in agreement so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick number round four. Rick Ross had Rich Forever. Two Chains had Spend It. Uh, we'll start with you first, man. What do you think? Uh, I'm gonna go with Rich Forever, man. Every time I hear this song, man, this is like a song. I'm like, damn, this shit hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's a hard ass song. I like Spend It. That was probably one of the first two chain songs I liked, but uh, Rich Forever, man, it just got a different feel to it. I know these two songs are totally different, but uh, Rich Forever is hard, man. <laughs> I gotta say the same thing, man. Like Rick Ross and John Legend had some classic tracks together with those Justice League beats. Yeah, like it's really hard to beat, man. So so far, Rick Ross is in a clean sweep on this <laughs> versus battle. Mm-hmm. Round five, Rick Ross diced pineapple, diced pineapples, and two chains had duffel bag boy. Now, clearly, duffel bag boy got this right. I think so. Yeah, I wasn't really a big fan of diced pineapples. It's a great song, but I, yeah, I, I'm not playing that all the time. I, I feel like duffel bag boys is better. That was to me. I know um, Titty Boy was out way yeah. long ago, but to me, this was a two chains coming out party. Where people was like, who is this dude? This shit hard. So, yeah, I'll give it the Duffel Bad Boy. Yeah. And to be honest, that was more off the strength of the, the Lil Wayne hook than it was the Two yeah. Chains verse. Oh, oh without but a doubt. But still, yeah. it's a classic song. During that so. time, too? Yeah. Yeah. Wayne was on fire at that time. Yeah. Round six, Rick Ross had MC Hammer. Two Chains had I Love Them Strippers. Uh, I remember vaguely MC Hammer, but I definitely remember I love the strippers. So I'm going with that. What do you think? I'm going with MC Hammer. I, okay. I want to say that was off of Teflon Dunn. I'm gonna pull it out. Play quick. MC Hammer. I gotta, I gotta make a judgment call here. Another less Luger. Yeah, I knew it was a Luger song. Color cut clarity. My gun dirty, my brick clean. I'm riding dirty, my dick clean. She talk dirty, but I'm not clean. Bitch, I'm MC Hammer, I'm a pop dream. I got 30 cars, whole lot of dancers. I take them everywhere. I'm MC Hammer, started selling dope. I'm too legit to quit. When it's Hammer time, I'm I'm going broke. I pay for five, they front a double mo. I take them home like I do my hoes. I dress them up 
I bomb clothes, glass slippers, I gas hoes. Now she acting brand new on you assholes. Limousines, I did that. Two dope coops. All right, yeah. Rick Ross had a lot of energy back then, man. I don't know yeah. I, I, whatever happened to that, but yeah, he was spitting fire. I would just give to I love them strippers just because two chains brought actual strippers out. <laughs> yeah, he so has, just off yeah. of that, yeah. I have to give it to him for that one. Now he brung it out to bands to make her dance. Oh, okay, yeah, Never but what in fucking MC Hammer? <laughs> I thought he brought out the actual strippers who I love. Why would you not? Whatever. He waited for uh, bands rap- to make her dance. <laughs> I don't know why he saves it for that, but and then that's a Juicy J song too. Whatever, yeah. man. two chains confused me with that one. <laughs> uh, round seven, Aston Martin music for Rick Ross and Jeezy Super Freak for Two Chains. Mm. Um, Aston Martin music clearly right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Easy, easy pick. On to the next one. Yeah. Round eight, Rick Ross Santorini Greece. Juicy J, Bands Maker Dance. Now we got to say Bands Maker. Do, does Two Chain get his first unanimous win here with Bands Maker Dance? So. I think so, man. That was a crazy song. That's still one of my favorite songs. Yeah, like just that. That song just kind of changed the game a little bit to me. <laughs> like, and no, this was, this was around the time where people really wasn't checking for Juicy J like that. Like when you bring up Juicy J, you kind of like ah, uh, he kind of washed. But this song was like a a, a reemerge of Juicy J, where yeah. he he kind of st- stuck in this lane a little bit. He he went to making you know songs about strippers and and women and shit. So I I yeah bands make her dance. Yeah, Juicy J was on another level at this time, man. Uh, he had a real career resurgence around this time. Yeah, and that was a DJ Mustard beat, wasn't it? Who produced Bands Make Her Dance? I forget. It might have been. I thought it was Juicy J. No, nah, he didn't produce that really? one. Really? Huh. I don't. Who I, produced that? Yeah, I don't think. I have to look it up now. Yeah, I would be shocked if DJ Mustard <laughs> produced that. I don't know who. I forget, but it was somebody. I don't, Mike Will did it, of course. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's right. That, that's sometimes. right. He said it in the yeah, it was beginning of the song. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, of course, Two Chains finally gets his first unanimous win on the Jim and Juice review of the uh versus battle yeah um but he is still way behind let's see if he can make it up yeah. round number nine we got meek mill i'm a boss lil wayne rich as fuck figgy what do you think i'm gonna go with i'm a boss i ain't really care for rich as fuck same yeah that was around the, that was around the lil wayne where he was he, he was throwing out shit but it's kind of like eh. like nobody was out rapping him but to me his content was kind of eh. I ain't really like I ain't really like this Lil Wayne, but uh, I'm boss was better. I agree. Kind of a lame round. I don't care too much about either song, but yeah, yeah. Meek Mill, the Meek Mill song edits it out. So Rick Ross gets another one. Yeah. Round ten, Rick Ross comes with Freemason featuring Jay Z. Two Chains has Fez watching featuring Pharrell. This was a tough round. This is a tough round for me, man. I, I went with two chains, Fez watching. This song was hard to me, man. This is uh like Pharrell did the beat. This was a hard song. I ain't I ain't expect this coming from two chains during this time. But um I I, I like both of these songs, by the way, but mm-hmm. I to me to me Fez watching stuck more 
than uh, Freemason, even with Jay-Z on it? Well, of course, you know, I have to respectfully disagree. <laughs> um, Freemason got this, man. Jay-Z was rapping his ass off at that time, too. Like, nah, Freemason is called the beast to, man, nah, free dog. Now I think you're crazy, man. Like, really? listen to Freemason. Play <laughs> no. Freemason, man. Come on now, dog. Play Freemason. Remember you gotta the- hear the song again, man. All right, all right. Come on, dog. How you gonna pick against this song? How you gonna do a classic song, man? <laughs> now I'm getting heated. Shit. <laughs> That shit was classic, man. I remember when that shit that that album was underrated too. That album that you put this on, I forgot what Teflon, it was called. Teflon Don. Yeah, that's right. You dig? It had the Jeezy song on it too, didn't it? I don't think so. Nah. Wait, this is this is not what I was thinking of. I got this confused with uh, uh, the other song they did together. Uh, uh, What's that? Was a lie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nah. Yeah. Folks expect me to fold. No, you got to keep this one. (laughs) I won't fail, but a lot of men. This wasn't a bad song. Yeah. I I actually like the song, but I like fans watching better. Let me go to Jason. Yeah. I got confused with uh, the other one. Devil is alive. It was much better than this stuff. Jay-Z went off on that bitch. But this one was the best song. Rumors to Lucifer. I don't know who to trust. Whole world want my demise. Turn the music up. Hear me clearly. If y'all niggas fear me, just say y'all fear me. Fuck all these fairy tales. Go to hell. This is God engineering. This is a hell Mary pass. Y'all interfering. He without sin shall cast the first stone. So y'all look in the mirror. Double check y'all. I'm still sticking with it, though. <laughs> I'm still sticking with Hove. Yeah. Jay Z won that one. It wasn't even Rick Ross's win. It was Jay Z. Jay Z's in the verses. I was about to say, now. yeah, t- too round. bad that verse didn't play during the verses. But <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so we got to disagree there. Yeah, but your fans watching is cold too, so yeah. I can't knock it too much. Mm-hmm. Next round, round eleven, pretty good round actually. Yeah. Rick Ross came with the boss featuring T Pain. Two chains came with good drank versus with Gucci Mane and Quavo. This is a tough decision for me. Figgy, what do you think? Let, let me I want to see what good drank uh good drank is. You remember good drank, right? That had a uh, who produced that bitch? Mike Dean produced this one. Talking OG. Yeah, rest in peace to pop, he was an OG. Oh, yeah, 285, I had that pack on me. Uh, I cannot forget I had okay. that strap on me. Yeah, rest in I peace forgot about this song. Oh. <laughs> now, this shit was cold, man. Yeah. With the Quavo hook. This is back when Quavo was making good hooks. <laughs> yeah. Gucci <laughs> Mane had a good verse on it. The video was cool, too, man. Everything about the song was cool. They did yeah. the whole Jimmy Fallon performance with the whole choir in the background and Fonzworth yeah. Bentley yeah. was conducting them. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. I'm a oh man. Yeah. I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it to Rick Ross on this one. Let me okay. Hmm. Cause the boss is a cold ass song. It, it man. is. had a great T Pain hook on it, too. Yeah. So that's tough. Yeah. Uh shit, man. I might have to lean towards Rick Ross too. Just out of love for T Pain, man, because T Pain yeah. killed that hook. You got a fresh line. Mm-hmm. I'm the biggest boss that you've seen in this fall. Yeah. That shit was cold, man. Yeah. 
I, I got it. Yeah, I agree. It was <laughs> tough, though. Yeah. Tough, though. <laughs> but I got to go ahead and give it to Rick Ross. Mm-hmm. Round 12. Jay-Z, fuck with me. You know I got it. Featuring Rick Ross. Two chains, watch out. Um, I don't remember what yeah. watch out sounds like. Yeah, but I might give it to Oh, we heard two chains. Okay, let's go. Yo. All my niggas out lit. All my niggas A1. All got street cred. All my niggas ball. How do you play this after fuck with me? You know I got Pulled up in the fountain. Pulled off with a dance. Got a pocket full of money. Kinda hard to keep my pants up. Nigga Two chains is rapping like he got marbles in his mouth. Yeah. Why he sound like that? Yeah. Nah, f- come on, man. Rick Ross got this one easy. Yeah. <laughs> he came with that song, really? That yeah. ice cream truck sounding beat? Yeah. <laughs> nah, come on, man. Jay-Z won that round, too. <laughs> Shit, I will give it to Rick Ross over that. <laughs> round 13, we're almost there. Mm-hmm. Kanye West, Devil in a New Dress for Rick Ross and... Four eight two chains four a.m. featuring Travis Scott. Yeah, I'm now giving, of course everybody gonna pick the Kanye song "Devil in a New Dress." So yeah, yeah. Do we even have to debate that one? Nope. <laughs> yeah, on to the next one. Uh, Rick Ross "Tears of Joy" featuring CeeLo Green, two chains big amount featuring Drake. Uh, big amount gets it for me. I don't remember what that Rick Ross sound, song sounds like, but big amount. Is a dope ass song and two chains driving his ass off. So yeah, let me play Rick Ross real quick. Right. Oh, that was on damn Teflon Don. <laughs> yeah. I, I low key think that Big Amount is probably two chains one of two chains best verses, man. Really, mm. that's one song where Drake actually got got on. I think so. Damn, I'd say that. Smoking a fast spliff in the brand new Benz, no ID on the track. Let the story begin. Begin. A little later might let me fuck Damn, she might let me fuck Last night I cried tears of joy What did I do to deserve this? Vacheron on my wrist a year ago I didn't even Man. know that I mean, it's not a bad song, but it sounds yeah, like a it's typical not better than, Yeah, it's not better than Yeah, it. nah, Big Amount got that one Two yeah. Chains got another unanimous win yeah. mm-hmm. here But he's still way behind I don't think he can make it up at this point Yeah uh, round 15, Rick Ross, Stay Scheming. Two Drake songs in this round. Rick Ross, Stay Scheming, featuring Drake and French Montana. Mm-hmm. And Two Chains picked these Drake song, All Me, featuring uh, Two Chains and Big Sean. Yeah. Uh, I don't like All Me that much. I like Stay Scheming. Plus, it was a common diss, and I don't like common that much either. So <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, Rick Ross, Stay Scheming. Yeah, me too. I agree. Moving on, round 16, French Montana pop that, 2 Chains, It's a Vibe. I haven't heard any of these songs. You heard. The Rick Ross song was a French Montana song. You heard so. pop that. I probably did. Yeah, I did hear pop that. I just Don't stop. I don't, I don't, that, don't stop. Pop that, pop that. Yeah. With, <laughs> with the Uncle Luke. <laughs> I remember that song. Yeah. I don't like any of these songs, I don't think. But what what do you think? I'll go whatever you say, Figgy, on this one. So what do you, who do you think won this round? Um... <laughs> Honestly, I'm gonna go with French the, the, the pop that I I never yeah. like I never like it's a vibe. That's when people really start saying it's a vibe, it's a vibe. Yeah. 
It got and it got Janae Aiko on yeah, it. Yeah, Trey like Songs. <laughs> <laughs> got the Modern so, Day um, Nate Dog on there too. <laughs> Ty Dollar Sign, the Modern Day Nate Dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with that French Montana song too, even though I don't like it that much. Yeah. So Rick Ross gets that one. Yeah. Uh, DJ Round Seventeen, DJ Khaled. I'm on one for Rick Ross. And for two chains, he picked Chance the Rapper, no problem. Um, hmm. This was kind of tough too. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. What do you think? I went with Chance the Rapper, uh, no problems. That was that's probably the one song I actually like <laughs> from Chance the Rapper. If I had to pick a song from him to listen to forever, I would probably listen to that song. I feel like Two Chains yeah. actually went off on that song too. <laughs> No problem is the best thing Chance ever made. Yeah. Honestly. Um, I'm on one is a cold song too, though. Yeah. So it's kind of tough, man, honestly. But I don't remember Rick Ross's verse that much more than the Drake hook. Yeah. So just off of that, I'll probably give the two ch- two uh two chains for this one because I don't remember what Rick Ross even said on I'm on one. I yeah. forgot he was even on that song, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll give that one to two chains for the Chance the Rapper song. Mm-hmm. Now, next round, round 18, almost done. Rick Ross, I'm Not a Star, two chains birthday song. Um, I hate birthday songs, so I'm going to go with Rick Ross here. Really? Okay. I, I I'm going for my birthday. Here's a big booty hoe. Yeah. I actually went with this. Right. I actually went with two chains. Because okay. I, I'm not a star. It's it's the same thing as John, from yeah, uh, it, it is it's damn near the same <laughs> thing. So I, I yeah, and I like I'm not a star too. I was listening to it today, but oh, it's it's damn near the same song <laughs> minus Lil Wayne. So I, I gave it the birthday song. He played he pretty much played two of the same songs. Or yeah, no, song. you're right. I'm not a star is a lot like John, but. I don't like birthday songs, yeah. so I'm, I had to go with Rick Ross here. <laughs> so a split decision right there. Round 19, Rick Ross, Mafia Music, YG, Big Bank for two chains. I think we all know where we're going with this one. Of course, man. Mafia Music is like, to me personally, if I had to name my top 10 rap songs of all time, Mafia Music would be up there somewhere. Yeah. You know? That music really hits you. That song hits you in your soul, man. That beat, <laughs> Rick Ross delivery. I got the whole thing memorized damn near, man. Rick <laughs> Ross was spitting his ass off on that song. Yeah. That beat feels like you in church, man. It's very, very spiritual. It To me, that was like a funeral song for 50 Cent. Yeah, it was. And then Game <laughs> got on the remix, and that one was good, too. Yeah. Like, man, it, that that mocking music is probably one top, top, Five Rick Ross song and one of my favorite songs ever in any genre. Mocking music is just so inspirational and so makes you feel good when you hear it. Yeah. So obviously mocking music, man. Big Bank is came and went in a few months. That song was irritating. <laughs> it was. That beat is terrible. Yeah, I, I wasn't Big a YG. Bank little bank. Yeah, I wasn't a, a YG fan at that time. So I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Big Bank take little bank. <laughs> yeah, that song was fucking annoying, man. I, I did, I, I, I did like Nicki Minaj's verse in that song, though. <laughs> I feel like she Nicki, killed the song. 
she always does, man. Let, let's be real. Any feature she's on, she's she like the it, best so. feature artist ever. Like she all is. of her songs, every feature she has, she kill it. Like I, re- I damn near remember all her, all of her features. It's just very true. It's man. just her solo song. Fact too. It's just her solo songs. It's kind of like, eh. But if she hop on somebody's song, she killing that shit. Nah, you 100% right, man. She's a great feature. Any feature she's on, she always going to outwrap whoever she got on there. I think she makes it a point to do that. So Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't like Big Bang at all. <laughs> so easily goes to Rick Ross. I'm surprised he saved that song for so late in the battle. Yeah. When people probably tuned out at that point. Yeah. But yeah, Mafia music is, is fucking legendary, man. Um, now we're close to the end. Yeah. Um, I guess they went for more than 20 yeah. songs. Yeah, we get, they went for 24, yeah. but we're not going to go through yeah. 23 and 24 because those are new shit. Yeah. So round 20, Rick Ross, Rich Off Cocaine, and wait, I guess there's three songs in this round. Yeah, I was going to say we could just speed through these because they yeah. normally go to 20. But um, so Rich Ross, Rich Off Cocaine, Kanye West, famous featuring Rick Ross, unreleased version. Okay, I guess they played some new shit. And Two Chains played Mercy. I'm surprised he waited till this long to play Mercy. Yeah, his best <laughs> verse ever, probably. <laughs> yeah. And he waited until round twenty to bring out Mercy with Kanye West. He's saving the best for Surprising. last. Surprising, <laughs> I guess so. I mean. <laughs> Obviously, two chains wins this one, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't even remember Rich off Cocaine. Me neither. I remember the hook. Oh, really? Rich okay. Cocaine. Like, how on the nose do you have to be to make a song called Rich off Cocaine? You can't even mix it up a little, make it more ambiguous. Yeah. Rich off, yeah, yeah, or something. No, I'm literally <laughs> Rich off Cocaine. Yeah. Rich off Crack. That's like what a, a FBI informant would say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was. That man is Rich off Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point. That's the one thing about us. We will disguise uh, whatever we're doing that's illegal. And yes. make a term out of it. <laughs> he got the um, he got the gat, or he got the um. Now they use glizzy. Yeah, he got mm-hmm. the glizzy on him. <laughs> I mean, and not, that's how you <laughs> not the gun. I got the pistol. <laughs> yes, that, that like for real, man. That's how you know. And I got like that's how you know Rick Ross just faked the whole funk about being a fucking cocaine kingpin, man. Because he made a song called "Rich Off Cocaine." Yeah. So yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> of course, two chains wins that one. Mm-hmm. Um, that that verse honestly kind of made him at least like his second part of his career. Yeah. That's when everybody jumped on the uh the two chains bandwagon. Yeah. After that song came out, he cleaned up. To, yeah, to me, um I and and I was kind of disappointed in two chains because he he I, I guess he played a lot of his commercial shit. Mm-hmm. But he actually got some really good songs over some soulful beats, yeah. Where he's actually rapping, so that's why I thought this would be a a, a pretty decent matchup. But um, yeah, he can actually he can rap he can out rap a lot of people. He I mean early on he had a lot of you know I'm different type shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the the little bullshit like that. But he can actually rap, and Mercy showed it. He actually yeah. went in on it. I think this was a was this a Kanye beat? I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm sure it had but, to be. But this wasn't his typical beat. So yeah, I think yeah, I, I 
yeah, he can actually rap. And he, yeah, probably had the best um, one. I don't think his verse is better than Pusha T. But um, he had it. It was neck and neck. I think he got both of them, man. Do you? Big Sean okay. got upset when when uh, <laughs> when Two Chain said he had the best verse off of Mercy. He said he killed him. <laughs> uh, apparently, Big Sean got upset about that. But he, he always I mean, right. He always get upset. With, remember, he got upset about the Kendrick verse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He he gets super upset whenever. He got a, Whenever somebody say he got killed on the song, like I'm cool, I'm cool. Like if it's my song, and I get you on one of my songs, and you kill a verse or kill it, I'm fine with that. Like if you on my song, you heard my shit first, mm-hmm. so I'm cool with that. I just to me, I to me, I think it's a bad look if you a feature on a song and you don't have the best verse. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Big Sean, I think it's because he's short. You get mad easily <laughs> over stupid shit. And that's one of the things he got mad about. But whatever. He ain't the best rapper in the world. He ain't even that good, in my opinion. Mm. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Round 21, real quick. Rick Ross, live fast, die young. 2 Chains, crack. I like crack because 2 Chains said crinac, which I yeah. thought was funny. Yeah. So I'm giving it to, to uh, 2 Chains here. Me too. Round 22, Made Men featuring Drake for Rick Ross. Bees in a Trap featuring 2 Chains for Nicki Minaj will end it here. Uh, I forget what Made Men sounded like. Bees in a Trap was kind of annoying too, so yeah. I have no clear winner here. Yeah, I don't really care. Made Men probably was a better song because Drake and Rick Ross make great songs, so I'm going to go with Made Men. <laughs> Me too. What about you? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going with Made Men. I ain't really care for Bees in the Trap like that. Yeah. And the rest of them, they play some unreleased songs that we ain't going to get into. So after 22 rounds, uh, clearly Rick Ross cleaned up. Yeah, 2 Chains had a couple victories here and there on the playlist side, at least. But Mm -hmm. I'll give it to 2 Chains because he at least apparently was entertaining and tried to make it a fun event where Rick Ross was just apparently in a shitty mood and didn't care about it. So, (laughs) yeah. Playlist wise, Rick Ross easily won, but entertainment value wise, two chains easily won. So it was a draw, ultimately. In yeah, my yeah. I mean, we all know Rick Ross got you know, I guess the better cat, um, like the uh, better music. Yeah, but I, I think yeah, people. I think the whole point of this is we we can't sleep on two chains. Yeah, and he also before this happened, he put that a uh, true religion mixtape up on streaming services too. Mm, okay. So yeah, you can yeah. check that out. Um, that's where all this shit kind of started. Whereas the type for the new two chains happened. Um, he could have left the creation song off. Oh uh, yeah. Said he he kept that bullshit on, but I forgot whatever. about her. <laughs> yeah, I know she was on. Gucci, Gucci, Louie, Louie, ready, ready, ready. God, dog. <laughs> somebody, somebody posted a video, a Twitter video of that song and said, who is this? And then people got upset. They're like, you don't know this classic song, Gucci, Gucci by Creation? You don't know this classic song? Y'all feel bad for the young ones. Y'all don't know about this classic? I'm like, dog, anybody who thinks that song is a classic needs to be thrown the fucking world. Like, the beat is classic. That's it. And thank God Lil Wayne took this beat and rapped over it so we ain't never had to hear this shit again. 
the one this song used to go hard at parties though. I can't lie. The, the, the beat is cold, man. And the hook is okay. But this bitch could not rap. Never. And that whole thing. Yeah. The whole beat man. Like all them white girls know off. <laughs> Thank God they got out the game quick. Yeah. <laughs> the song is embarrassing. The lyrics are embarrassing. Yeah. And people were acting like this shit was a classic. The beat is incredible. That's yeah. all that's good about this song. The beat is incredible. Yeah. Lil Wayne's version he put on uh, whatever mixtape that was. Sorry for the wait. I think it was. Mm. When he rapped over this song, I'm like, thank God. <laughs> Finally, Lil Wayne. He saved us from these whack ass white girls. We ain't got to hear yeah. them no more. I, and it's crazy because somebody like this right now, to me, I feel like the Catch Me Outside girl is her was her years ago. Yes, basically. Because I, it's no way she could get away with rapping like this. <laughs> now, I mean, maybe she could, but I'm surprised we let this slide like this. <laughs> Dog, it was a big controversy because you, if you remember, one of the girls who was in that clique who I guess was in jail at the time because she said free be nasty on the song. Mm-hmm. The girl V nasty was a, a rapper also, but she used to say nigga all the time. Yeah, this white girl said nigga all the time, and she said she was gonna keep saying it. And <laughs> Gucci Mane did a mixtape with her dog. Damn, a full on mixtape. <laughs> so yeah, that was, was crazy. A bad place at this point, man. Yeah, it was, and we looked the other way. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, they didn't blow up like that. Luckily, they got out the game. Yeah. But yeah, that, that shit. <laughs> yeah. And then she was on Twitter asking people to buy her new project and not to stream Gucci Gucci because she ain't getting no money off that and she owes the label $8 million. Yeah. So yeah, good luck. Maybe it's it's, it's kind of crazy how they invested so much into her like that too. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't realize it was just a good, a good sounding song because of the beat. Yeah, they didn't like her because of her. <laughs> Might give a fuck about no skinny ass white girl with tats. Yeah, talking about Gucci and Arby's and shit. <laughs> I not care about that shit, man. Yeah. Terrible time for rap on. It was. <laughs> All right, y'all. We have a very special guest joining us. Uh, tried to make this happen a couple weeks ago, but you know things weren't right in the universe and whatever. But we we gonna make it happen this time. We gonna bring it to you. A very special guest with a very interesting and unique story. Um, we also call her, her name is Joyce Gilliard, and we also call her Figgy's Play Cousin because they got the same last name, but they apparently ain't related, supposedly. Yeah, this is a rare last name, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. before we get into your story, uh, Figgy, why don't you first tell us about how y'all met? Because that in, its, in and of itself is pretty funny. Yeah, so, you know, I got the Instagram. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at the Figgy Fig, but I have my real name on there as well, Edward Gilliard. And I got a follow from a um, a lady named Joyce Gilliard on there. And the first thing I thought of was, this got to be one of my my family members. But I don't know a Joyce Gilliard. So um, I checked her. I, th- I, I want to say you might have DM'd me. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you DM'd me. And um, I guess you thought I was your nephew, which we had the same name, Edward Gilliard, which was yes. crazy. Yeah, so <laughs> at that point, I, I mean, after I told you I wasn't your nephew, but at that point, I'm like, yo, we got to stay in touch because I never run across anybody with my last name. I'm always the one with the unique last name. Mm-hmm. 
So it was just, it was was wonderful to meet somebody I never knew or wasn't technically my family with my last name. Yes. And that was so funny to me too, because I finally did find my nephew and I told him the story and he was like, what? There's somebody else out there with my name. And I was like, yes. And we just started saying we're family and he laughed and he thought it was (laughs) so funny. So, yeah, it was a whole thing. But I'm glad that I did meet you, though. Yeah, me Family. T- yeah, I know. I know. And it's good <laughs> to see you doing your thing. I see you doing the, um, your, um, you got your uh, production company and stuff like that. So I'm like, wow, like, we, we got to keep in touch. We, I don't, we might be family somewhere along the line, but mm-hmm. it's just good to, you know, see somebody with my last name uh, doing yes. something positive. Thank you so much. And, Likewise, and, and you know the other person who have our last name. It's a act. It's an actor who um I want to say he played in the um what what's the movie? I think he played in the Wire. I forgot his I, for, oh. I, for, I, I forgot his first name, but uh, he actually had the same last name too, and he played in all type of different movies. He appeared in The Walking Dead and stuff like that. He's actually a okay actor, but um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need to look him up because wait, I that's like Larry I Gilliard. He played Avon Barksdale. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was a big character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Uh, because I, I mean, confession. I, I don't give me a hard time, but I never really finished The Wire. I never really got through it. So um, oh, he played okay. D'Angelo, not Avon. That was a uh, what's his name, the other guy. But he played D'Angelo Barksdale. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, but um, he had the same last name. I'm like, damn, that's that's kind of huge. That's it's good to see wow. somebody you know like that with my last name because everybody else got like the normal last name Johnson or Jackson and stuff like that. Right, yeah. right. And how do you say it, Gilliard? I say Gilliard. And see, we say Gilliard. Really, that's how my mom <laughs> said it, and my that's how my mom said it, and my dad he be living because he he pronounced it Gilliard. It's, it's kind of mm. like billiard, billiard factory, right. billiard right. with a G. Right. So right. that's a, okay. that's a, that's a long debate in my family. W- what uh. is it? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that, that's funny. That, that's, it's crazy how people can meet through circumstances like that. I did meet a white Ryan rocket, but I knew he weren't related cause he's white. So <laughs> there was no question there. But. I mean, you, you never know, man. He could have been a slave, uh, you know, yeah, slave owner be, or something. <laughs> Maybe they were the owners. Yep, exactly. You better look back. Your Uh, your great grandmother was a slave to his great 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 grandfather or something. It it would still be beef if that was the case, man. I'd rather not find that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, all right. So I was looking at your biography, and like I said, you have a very interesting story. Um, You were a hairstylist for TV and film, like legit Hollywood TV and film. So yes. how did you get into that industry and what, what kind of became of that? Well, I am a hairstylist in the TV and film industry. And I started out, uh, well, I've always been a hairstylist. And I started out when I ran into the driver for Reverend Run, uh, for Run's house. Y'all remember the MTV show back in the day, Run's oh, House, yeah. where Reverend yeah. Run and Jesse. Yeah, I ran into the driver when I used to work in New York City, and I gave him my card, and he gave it to Reverend Run's family, and then I ended up being the barber 
for the show when the show first started and then I saw your family. So that's when I got a taste of the industry and um, I ended up relocating to South Carolina and this TV series called Army Wives started filming there and I ended up going in there to work as a background artist and started talking to the hairstylist and everybody there and kind of telling them, you know, I do hair. And I went to the producers like the next season and asked if I could be one of the hairstylists for the show. And they told me yes. And they hired me as one of their hairstylists. And I've been doing hair for films ever since then. That's wow. That's really dope. And um, the thing about it is, you know, we see a lot of hairstylists. They, you know, I feel like their only goal is to to um, get a, get their own shop and do hair as mm-hmm. like you know, like a barbershop, mm-hmm. beauty salon. Right. But mm-hmm. I never really thought about people that do hair for movie sets and TV shows and reality shows and stuff like that. So was that always your goal, or or did that just you, came? You know, growing up. You know, my grandmother was a hairstylist and I grew up in her beauty salon and I always wanted to do hair, you know, for the stars and everything. But that was an untouchable goal at that time. You know, you dream those dreams, but it's like, how will I even ever be able to do something like that? And, you know, I feel like when you think something, it's like the universe just kind of connects the dots for you and pits you along the path that you desire to go for to and um, towards and I think that's what happens with me the path was put along the way for me and all I had to do was you know go down that path and sometimes I veered off but eventually that's where I ended up because how it happened every time it was just so crazy it's like like even with Run's house when I became their stylist, I used to be a salon consultant for New York and I would go to salon, to salon, you know, offering classes and selling products. And it was just this one day when the salon contacted me and wanted me to come to give them some services. But I lived in New Jersey at the time. And this one day I was like, it was so late when they called me And I had to catch the train back to New Jersey. And I was like, you know what? Something said, Joyce, just go home late, go to the salon and, you know, just go see what's going on. And that decision is what changed my life because I went to the salon. The driver was sitting outside in a Rolls Royce and the salon owner wasn't ready to see me. So I stood outside and I started talking to the driver and I was like, well, you know what? I've never seen a Rolls Royce in person. And that's what made the conversation a little light. And he started laughing because that's what I said to him. And we started talking and he said, well, I drive for Reverend Run and Justine Simmons. And what do you do? And I told him and he asked if I had my business cards. And at that time, that's when you carry business cards. It wasn't Instagram or social media. And I gave him like 10. I said, well, give everybody a card. (laughs) And he did. He gave them the card. And next thing you know, like two weeks later, uh, their assistant called me and asked if I can come out and cut Rusty and Diggy's hair. 
if they if I knew how to cut, I was like, yeah. And I went over there and cut their hair. And then next thing you know, I'm they started their show. So I ended up being their barber slash the hairstylist for the show at that time. But it was that one decision that I made that put me on that path. Now, if I decided not to go that night, then that decision would have put me along another path. Mm. And that's how I look at it. So, Yeah, it really is crazy how life can work out like that. One decision and one random conversation can lead to a huge mm-hmm. opportunity that can dictate the path of your life. Mm-hmm. So all mm-hmm. you socially awkward people who be spamming your links underneath a celebrity post trying to hope that they see it that's not how you get on you got to go out there and mix it up with people Mm -hmm. you can't just be retweeting or or posting your soundcloud you ain't gonna get found like that no no because i wasn't looking for it i honestly was not looking for it at that time at all you know but it just kind of stumbled on me and it was like that I honestly feel like that decision is what changed my path of my life because from that point on I started meeting their friends and you know connecting with them and then I ended up moving away and you know so that was already in my thought process hmm, TV and film so and it mm. just led to job after job after job so that's really interesting and kind of inspiring too for people who are ch- trying to make it in and and think that you have to pay all this money or or get certain people to get in certain places. Sometimes it's just who you talk to on a random Saturday or whoever. So yeah, yeah. you never really yeah. know. And the best part yeah. about and the best part about it is even though it's doing hair, it's part of the it's a it's a um I guess you could say it's an industry job too. You got to hustle yeah. just like I hustle. We in the radio industry. And your hustle is the same as mine. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you doing hair. So that yeah. uh, we pretty much in the same business. <laughs> yes. Yes, we sure are in the same business. Definitely, I can say that. So this, this is a uh, hip-hop podcast. So we do have to pry a little bit and ask about your experience on Run's House. Um, how, how are Rev running that family in real life? Are they actually cool? Are they a little snobby? Are digging them little brats? Or are they actually- oh, man, <laughs> let me tell you. I love I love the family. Diggy and Rusty, they cried when I left. I felt oh, so oh, bad man. because, you know, Diggy's signature hairstyle that he has, I thought of that hairstyle he has, you know, oh, wow. with the, yeah. So it's like to see him grow into it and see that that's his look now. I'm like, oh my goodness. But they were always sweet, always nice. I was at their house like twice a week, every week. So it was like, I felt like I was part of the family because I was always there. And, you know, and then they introduced me to some of their friends, but they're, they, they're really like how you see them. You know, they're cool. They really are cool. And it's so crazy you say hip-hop podcast because my film is in the Hip-Hop Film Festival, which is going on this week. It's in Harlem, but they have it online. It's a virtual film festival. So on the link, they have all kinds of cool things going on right now, the Hip-Hop Film Festival. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And it's virtual too. You said anybody can watch it? Yes, go on there, sign up. You can see my film and a ton of 
Films. They have a, a ton of speakers. Ice Cube is um, one of the speakers for the film oh, wow. festival. Um, Omari Hendrick Hardwick, he's on there. Ghost. I mean, it's really ghost. <laughs> yes, yes, it's really cool and. Yeah, they have things going on. It started, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday, and it's the entire weekend. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm Did looking. I know that. Yeah, I'm looking on yes. it. I'm looking at it right now. You could go to event. Uh, is it eventbrite.com and search hip hop. Mm-hmm. You can uh, go there. Yep, hip hop film mm-hmm. festival 2020, and tickets are yes. for, tickets are forty dollars. It's pretty dope. Yes, it's a lot of that. Oh my gosh. Please, if you get a chance, go on there. They have a lot of cool things going on there, and it's all virtual. Yes, everybody jump on that. I'll, I'll, I might check that out myself, Yeah, me man. too. Remember, we, we supporting Black now. It's a different. It's a new era. We supporting <laughs> everything Black. So yeah. make sure y'all go support and check out the Hip Hop Film Festival. So that's mm-hmm. next weekend, too? Yes, yes, okay. they have it. Yes, definitely all week long. Yeah. Okay, all week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. And next week, next week too. Okay, okay, okay. Check that out. Um, I also wanted to talk to you about reading up on you. I saw um, you're involved in a pretty tragic and crazy incident back in 2014 that has some pretty serious repercussions. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about that experience and what and what impact that left on you in your life? Yes. Yeah, so I was working on a film set in Georgia. And um, it was like day two of, we hadn't even filmed yet. And uh, we were on a railroad trestle. A scene we had to do was on a railroad trestle. And um, apparently we didn't have permission to be there on this trestle because the producers decided that they wanted to steal a shot. Well, in stealing this shot, it resulted in a a freight train coming through while we were on the film while we were filming at almost 80 miles an hour and all of the people that were on the trestle had to pretty much run for their life, including myself. And I ran to the side of the trestle to hold on while the train was coming past me and the train hit my coworker, killed her. And um, I was injured. I was severely injured. My arm was broken half and I was airlifted to the hospital where I had to get reconstructive arm surgery and I have like I have a metal plate six screws eight screws in my arm as of today so that's what happened on there and since that tragedy happened I've been trying to find a way to promote safety awareness in the industry because prior to that tragedy happening, there's often a lot of severe injuries that happen on film sets as well as death. And a lot of people don't know that when we work on set, we are facing a lot of dangers too to bring your favorite films to screen, to the movie screen. And so that's why I started my nonprofit organization called TVN Film, which my first film that I made under TVN Film is called Daddy's Home, which focuses on the excessive long hours that we work in the industry. That's very interesting and inspiring, honestly, that you can make something out of a such a tragic incident like that. And I don't think people really understand because I think people just assume that, you know, 
oh, it's a new age. It's not like the 1920s. You know, we're so technologically advanced that there is no danger on set anymore. And these people are just whining about like people. Some people still die on set. Mm-hmm. So, like I, yeah. I read a few years ago, some stunt woman died on a Resident Evil movie, and that was a big yep. deal. So, yep. like mm-hmm. st- people still, even though these films are very big budget, they will still cut corners wherever they can. Yes, like any business mm-hmm. will, mm-hmm. and sometimes that can endanger people's lives, especially if you're not seen as you know a star or somebody yeah. you know, like you know the, the leading cast, and you're not not saying you're expendable, but they're not going to place a premium on your health as much as the main talent and the director and the writer and the people who actually you know they think make the big bucks so yeah yeah it's kind of like any other business where you know if you make the least amount then they try to get the most out of you they Mm -hmm. you know they work you to death they try to work you you know uh shoot 21 straight days 18 Mm -hmm. hours a day and all this other stuff Mm mm-hmm yeah, I I work a lot of hours, but right now, since COVID has hit, now that productions are starting to, you know, ramp up again, um, they're, they're, they're pushing 10-hour days, and that's, like, something that the industry has been pushing for for years. Prior to me even getting in, people were wanting, like, 12 on, 12 off, but now, because of COVID, they're doing 10-hour days. So that people can have the opportunity to go home and rest so that in case, you know, COVID hits, you know, their body can heal quick. And that's crazy that that's the compromise too. like 10 hours Mm -hmm. is still a long day. Mm -hmm. And that's like Mm -hmm. the break for you guys. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. 10 hours because I know I work on average 16 hour days. on average 16 hours because hair and makeup has to go in before everybody else anyway so and I've worked 20 hour days too I remember working on a show I worked on this show called Sleepy Hollow Mm -hmm. um you remember Sleepy Hollow Sleepy Hollow I worked I know at least a hundred something hours out of a week wow wow yeah yeah, that was a hard show to work on too because I couldn't understand why why I was walking into walls and falling for no reason and you know, but then after you figure it out, it's like, oh shoot, I worked a hundred hours. That's why my body is tired and I'm delirious. So yeah. That's crazy, man. Like it, it, people really think that this is all fun when you get in that industry, like a <laughs> hundred hours, like Yeah. Twenty I hours a day—that's that's insane, yeah. man. I, I would have passed out. Yeah, you. A lot of times, people do pass out, you know, and that's why I started iSafe to bring the safety awareness to everyone, just so people can really think more about their life and their decisions that they make, so that they don't be severely injured or you know lose their life on set. And do you think the industry is trending in the right direction as far as safety and care for the crew and cast? Yes, because now they have no choice. Safety, the word safety has been used so much this year than I've ever heard in my years working on set. So I really, truly believe that they're trying to take an initiative to make sure that crews are safer now, especially because of COVID. But even with COVID happening, they are starting to look at the other things that can happen on set too. 
So I really think they're moving in the right direction now. That's good. Um, another unintended positive of this whole mm-hmm. pandemic yeah. we have going on. I was going to say that's yes. probably one of a few blessings um, with yes. COVID <laughs> that people yes. people are being more safe now and clean. <laughs> yes, definitely. So I'm excited about it and I'm excited about the opportunity to be able to go back to work soon too. So that's good uh, uh, tell us about your movie daddy's home now I I watched the film it was a it was a pretty good short film it had um, I I forgot the gentleman's name but he played Charles Malik okay yeah yeah, he played Otis on um, the Temptations (laughs) okay (laughs) so uh, yeah tell us uh, tell us about this uh, short film so daddy's home follows John Mallory which is played by uh, Charles Malik Whitfield. He's a father, family man, and he's also in the industry. And it shows how he works consecutively long hours every day. You know, the repetition of going in at four in the morning, getting off when it's 12 midnight or something like that. And I show the repetition of that happening. And then you see how it wears his body down. You know, he's too tired to be home with his family. You know, he's there, but he's not there. You know, his job performance starts to kind of lack. And, you know, he's tired all the time. But, you know, he still loves his job and he keeps going and keeps pushing because the love of his job and, uh, you know, he has to provide for his family. And that's what Daddy's Home is about, that aspect of the film industry. But the the long-term effects it has if you don't take your time out to rest yourself or, you know, just to take care of your body. And, um that's what daddy's home shows and you know as far as you know i don't want to say the ending or anything yeah, but, spoil it for us. you know but um but yeah it's just to show the long-term effects of working consecutively long hours in the industry okay just don't tell me the black man died so don't don't <laughs> no <laughs> gotta watch okay, it good watch good. it no <laughs> i'm gonna check no. it though no and and that's the film you can see at the Hip Hop Film Festival? Yes, they All have right. it in the Hip Hop Film Festival. I'm so excited it was accepted in it because, first of all, I took a chance and put and submitting it in the Hip Hop Film Festival. And I didn't realize how big it was. And they're very strategic on the films they select in the film festival. So to even be a selection in it, I'm just honored you know, and grateful of that and to be amongst a bunch of filmmakers who've been doing this forever because, you know, this is my first film, first time filmmaker. So I'm still learning the process of everything. So, um, yes, I'm excited about it and you can definitely see it um, on their website. Just type it in. I think I might be under the drama side of the set festival um, type it in and watch it. Will do, will do. And what do you think was the hardest part about making a short film in itself, since you said it's the first time doing it? You know, the hardest part was because, thank God, I'm in the film industry, so I mm-hmm. can understand it a little bit better. But the hardest part was 
putting my thoughts and my vision on paper and making it where someone else can understand what I was trying to convey. That was the hardest part because I needed to turn what my vision was into a script form and then trying to find a team of people who can help bring that vision to life. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, that was, it was hard because I got a lot of, oh, I'll help you, but nobody would help me. You know, I got a lot of, you know, tell me if you need anything, but then when you ask, they don't come through. So I got a lot, and it was a lot. And, you know, because first of all, the putting the script into a form where, you know, most filmmakers use, it was like, I couldn't even understand how to do it. I read it every day when I'm working on set, but then to do it myself, it was like, what is this? So I literally had to teach myself how to use the program and sit there and do it. And I did it. And then... Charles Malik Whitfield was uh, brought the script and he was like, I like this. I want to be a part of this. So when the actors got attached, I was like, oh my gosh. So <laughs> if he likes it, somebody I've been watching on Temptations back in the day. Mm-hmm, and yeah. then Gary Anthony Sturgis, who's, you know, America's favorite black villain, you know, from Daddy's, um, Daddy's Little Girls. And he's done so many different things project with Tyler Perry for him wanting to direct it I just was like oh wow they believed in my script and that just solidified everything for me because they believed in it too like I did and wanted to be a part and help me do it that's good to hear and I bet you those same friends who didn't follow through see the finished product now and now they're like oh I see you doing big things I got you next time Oh now they want to jump on a bandwagon. Everybody. It's yep. crazy, yeah. but it's so crazy how human beings are. <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah, we get that pretty often, too. Uh, as soon as oh. we have a guest on, oh, I see y'all doing your thing, but y'all, y'all never supported the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Yep. They only come through when the fruit is already, they don't, they don't want to plant nothing. Yes. They don't want to help plant nothing. They yes. want to come out when the fruit's already out. Yeah. Yes, it's crazy, but I'm so grateful that I was able to do it. And, you know, people who want to do something like this, just keep pushing and pressing on because it will definitely materialize later. That's very inspirational and very true. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, people don't realize how hard it is to write a script. Like, I see people online always criticizing, like, oh, this movie has so many plot holes and the writing don't make. Like, do you know how hard it is to write an actual script and and say in words what you're supposed to be seeing and make it all make sense and make it only be, like, so long? It's tough, man. It is tough. And, you know, my script came to me when I was on my way to work at 3 o'clock in the morning I pulled over because I'm driving and the road is so long and dark. And I'm like, gosh, I'm sleepy. I'm tired. It's got to be a better way to doing this. (laughs) And it just started going through my mind about daddy's home. And I pulled over and parked and I started typing it in my notes, daddy's home. And that's when it came to me. And then I went back and just kept adding. And then next thing you know, I had this full blown script. It's another gem for young people out there. When you have an idea, put it on paper immediately. 
Don't yeah. wait or say, I'm going to do this later because you will forget. You will. You have an idea, <laughs> write it down that minute. Yep. And get the inspiration yeah. out. So Yes, yes, definitely do that. And um, I'm writing another script right now and I'm really excited about it. And it's crazy because, you know, it came to me. It's so crazy how things just come to you when it does. You have to put it down on paper so you won't forget. Because I know for me, I have so many things. My mind is so entangled. (laughs) (laughs) Entangled (laughs) with so many different things that I I have to get it out right then. And, um, but I have another script idea that I'm writing now. So I can't wait till I can share that with the world. Yeah, keep that close to chest because you know people be stealing stuff. So don't <laughs> let us know until it's ready. But yeah, yes, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so we we already will support you on the, uh, the hip hop film festival. But where can we find you on social media in general? Well, I am on Instagram and Facebook. I am on Twitter, but I don't use it as often. I'm on Instagram. I'm under I Safe TV and Film. And then uh, my Instagram is Gilliard Beauty, my last name, Beauty. So you can find me there. And Swell is on Facebook, the same thing. I'm on um, I Safe TV and Film. And then Joyce Gilliard on Facebook. Gilliard. <laughs> Gilliard. Gilliard. <laughs> Yes, everybody follow her, support her, and make sure to check out her film on the film festival airing next week on the virtual hip-hop film festival. Yes, yes, please, thank you. We are very, very glad you joined us um, on this beautiful Saturday morning, afternoon, whatever time it is. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing your story, and uh, we'll definitely check out your film. We'll definitely Mm -hmm. follow you on social media and support you, Mm -hmm. and we'd love to have you again sometime and maybe talk about a future project. Yes, definitely, and um, I do have some projects coming out right now. Tune in to... um, on Netflix, it's called Teenage Bounty Hunters. I was the department head here for that. And then wow. um, a story about, um, it's called the Untitled Fred Hampton Project slash Judas and the Black Messiah. That's coming out soon. It's about oh, the Black Campus. Oh, you was part okay. of that? Yeah, that trailer just yeah. dropped too. Yes, yes. I was on, I was um, one of the department head hairstylists for that film. So definitely check that out when it comes out. And Respect comes out also with Jennifer Hudson. I worked on that. And, oh, wow. and that's their projects coming. And out. that's the Aretha Franklin story, right? Yes, that's the Aretha Franklin story. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Like you working on a lot of pro black projects. I like that too. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna definitely yes. check out that Fred Hampton project. We appreciate you coming on our podcast and talking about your projects. We'll definitely check you out and support you. And everybody, Thank make you. sure to follow her on social media and check out Thank her uh, film airing this week or next week. Thank so. you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Much love to you. So, other things. Oh, cancellation towards continuing. <laughs> Take off accused of raping a woman at an L.A. party. I heard about this a little bit. Yeah. Everybody thought that takeoff was the only unproblematic one. Yeah. But apparently that's not true. Allegedly, he he's yeah. getting put on that screen, too. <sighs> Man, hmm. I wonder what's gonna happen, man. 
So yeah, I'm reading it and apparently uh, the woman refused his advances, but he tossed her on the bed, flipped her on her stomach, pulled off her clothing and raped her. Oh, okay. And then he ran away. He took off. Okay, a rape and run. He took take off. Took- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be joking like that. Uh, but- <laughs> Look, if truth is not funny, yeah. but yeah, I mean, people will investigate, and I'm sure whatever happens that needs to happen. But I mean, I don't know, man. It's not like takeoff is big enough to get canceled anyway. Yeah, you know, so it is what it is. I'm sure once Amigos finally break up for good, he's gonna be the one kind of ass out. I wonder if he's gonna end up going to jail for this. Uh, I'm looking or, for when or, this actually yeah. she's only suing him, oh, but okay. she didn't. She pro- so basically, okay. yeah, no, I don't know. Just man, wait for the amount file. of money that, yeah, yeah, okay. She he's not facing criminal charges, he's just getting sued, okay. So yeah, I'm sure they'll give her a settlement and and act like this never happened. So yeah, whatever. Um, there was somebody else getting canceled too, but I forgot who it was. Mm. Um, somebody fucking I forget, but <laughs> any oh yeah, Ellen. Oh yeah, they getting Ellen the fuck out of here, man. Yeah, man, damn, America tired of her now. America's sweetheart at one point. Yeah. They tired that dancing, man. This is the the BLM world now. We ain't yeah. trying to see no white lesbian dance on broadcast TV no more. I got to ask my wife about that. She was a big fan of Ellen. <laughs> yeah, Ellen's getting the fuck out of here, dog. They turn on her. Damn, um, man. It, the funny thing, and that's this is when you know Hollywood is a monster, man. The same day, every celebrity posted a tweet or a social media post defending Ellen. It wasn't even spread out throughout like a week or a month. It was one day. Jay Leno <laughs> said something. Kevin Hart said something. <laughs> Every big celebrity who was on uh, Ellen before made a post defending Ellen and saying all these things are untrue and she's super nice and all this shit. So, Man. very interesting. Yeah. But yeah. if you haven't kept up, Ellen was, uh, she was getting canceled because apparently she has been very, well, her staff had been very discriminatory and abusive towards the people working there. And they're saying that, you know, they had a miserable time working on the Ellen show. Apparently she's a huge bitch too behind the scenes, <laughs> but yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll get her. I think people are just tired of Ellen. They need somebody new. She's, she's old now. Yeah. So <laughs> they'll get somebody else. They'll get a uh, Wanda Sykes because she's black and a lesbian. So yeah, she, <laughs> somebody she, take she, up that role. She getting up there too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So in light of the um the Cardi B and Megan the Stallion song WAP or WAP, um uh, I was listening to it in the car and all that, and you know title sometimes wh- whenever you listen to a song it automatically bring you to that radio, so mm-hmm. it was like um, Cardi B radio <laughs> or whatever. So it was playing a lot of random uh <laughs> female artists and and songs that are similar to the WAP WAP song. So I heard a lot of pretty entertaining songs. I just want to get your opinion on it. Okay. All right, I'm going to start first with um I'm not, I'm sure you probably heard this song but City Girls got a song called Pussy Talk. And I want Oh yeah, I have heard this one. I want you to I I'm going to play most of these songs and um see if this is worse content than the WAP song since everybody's so up in arms about Cardi B's content. So this okay. is this is pussy talk. Okay. 
I actually like this song too. I want to count how many times they say pussy in the song. Yeah, is this the whole song? Do they actually rap on it? They gonna rap. Okay, it's like the hook. Look, ain't a bad song. I, as far as it being better or worse, I will say as far as vulgarity, the Cardi B and Meg song is way worse because it's way more explicit about sex. But this song is basically like endorsing prostitution. <laughs> so you could say it's worse for the kids to hear because you're saying your pussy is basically for niggas who have a lot of money and want to pay for it. Pretty so much. That's prostitution, man. But yeah. That, now that as song, far as content, yeah. Now that song is featuring um, what's the uh, Doja Cat too? And, oh, okay, and so yeah, all, she was on it. Yeah, so all three of the verses is pretty much similar to this, <laughs> talking about pussy. Of course. <laughs> yeah, like I said, like I, I will, I, I won't say that's more vulgar, vulgar than the Cardi B because Cardi B went off the chain on that WAP song. So yeah. Uh yeah, I have to give it to Cardi B. It didn't. It didn't. It's a good song. It's a catchy ass song, but as far as being as vulgar, I don't think it was extreme as the uh, the WAP yet. So okay. All okay. right, next one. All right, uh, the next one is um, by a young lady named Ruby Rose. Oh yeah, I know Ruby Rose. Yeah, and this song is called Big Mouth. Okay. Got a big ass mouth. Face to face with it, can't be beefing through no FaceTime. Cool with all the thugs since my nigga told me gang signs bad bitch. Bitches be like, where the fuck your waistline? Body like a porn star. He fucked me it's like, not like she just started rapping yesterday. Friend, but I heard he got a big yeah. mouth. He want pieces of this pussy by a big house. Big bands, four Giatas when I go to pull out. Big rats, no, he be upset, I'll make him pull out. It made me horny when he driving with the stick out. Driving through the hood, showing me he got a stash house. Fuck him good, take that nigga money when he pass out. Ratchet, I'll keep it classy when the cash out. Lashes, nails done, I be trying to act out. And I got that pussy, that's gonna make him leave the trap house. Glowed up, probably make more money than my dad now. I'm in my bag, hurting mad, now he's furious. I'm in the like, She don't really sound like a rapper, man. She sound like a girl from the suburbs. The way she pronounced words. She, I wonder where she's from. Probably fucking Connecticut. I heard she's salty. Better chill on all that sodium. Lay back. White toes. Hanging out that Maybach. Freak show. Ruby got them twerking on that playback. Free throws. Bitches don't be balling where I stay at. Come get your nigga. He be chilling where I lay at. You just be chilling. Man. I think that song is kind of whack, honestly. It seems like a generic by the numbers ratchet whole song but yeah. it don't have no character in it i don't like it all right all right that was I, I don't believe she talked she i don't believe see i gotta believe you a hoe when you rap about being a hoe i believe it with the city girls i believe with the cardi b i don't believe it with ruby rose it seemed like she just faking the funk yeah okay 
I wasn't feeling that one. All right, all right. That was Ruby Rose. Um, that song was called Big Mouth. This one is Erica Banks. Um, she got a song with uh, called Toot That. And I want to say, um, what's his name? Clubzilla. Mm-hmm. You talking about uh, Beat King? Beat King, yep. He, yeah. I, th- I want to say he produced this one. Uh, okay. I, I actually kind of like this song. Uh, I'll let you hear it. Okay. Sample is classic. And do she sound like me? say number one i don't think you sound like meg on this track i think people just saw that one freestyle when she was in the car and she yeah. sounded like meg on that i 100 percent agree I, yeah I, she don't sound like meg here she got her own style yeah i agree i agree i like the beat beat king is hilarious uh we <laughs> had him on the esg the early version of the esg podcast um yeah he's cool as hell too and that beats cold i like that song i'm not gonna say is it better Okay, it's a good song, but as far as I think it's better for the kids than the Cardi B song, honestly. So yeah, <laughs> I say that much. All right, all right, and that was Erica Banks called "Toot That." This mm-hmm. one I say for last. This is probably this is probably the one song where I was like, "What the fuck is she talking about?" Okay. Okay, this is I'm from intrigued. a young. This is from a young lady named Cupcake with two Ks. Okay. And this song is called Lemon Pepper. <laughs> okay. Feel free to let me know if you want to pause it real quick. Okay. I want my pussy hole stretch like the hoops on Nunu. Open up the box like a nigga got new shoes. You want that for a place, so I'm dressed in tutus. And a pussy soul type like you fucking the fruit loop. I get up on that dick, do a split, okay. then raslo. Mouth stuff with meat like I just ate a gyro. This ain't my little baby, but I'm with him like Rattlo. I'm just milking this nigga. This a full-blown cow show. I don't let him run trains, but I let him pull my tracks. Doing doggy style while I eat some scuba snacks. Might take a nap, make a meet it from the back. Said he don't do drugs, but it's song in my crack. Ain't let a dick. Mona legs about to spread like Corona. Piss all in his face, he get a phone up. Looking like oh, a sister's now he homer. Dog ass nigga crib like vacation. He on so many spots, he one on one Dalmatian. Yeah, he got a bitch, you give a fuck if he taking. He about to risk it all. No bracelet, I'm rubbing on my pussy while he licking my tits. Dying in a pussy like you at Ruth Chris. I make it disappear, but I'm creating a bitch. He call it 911, reporting his missing dick. And I almost got a victim, cause you know my wall side. Neighbors heard me yelling that he fucked me all night. 50k up in the mall, now nah, we don't ball like designer everything, bitch. Even my come off white. I suck his dick, he look down, telling me I'm great. Eight rounds from okay. the bitch, throw the K plus eight. I put the balls in my mouth, I'm like, hold up, wait. <laughs> Man, this ain't how this shit 
hippos a taste. I need some lemon pepper and mouse sauce on that dick. Lemon pepper and mouse sauce on that dick. If it dick tastes bad, then I'm throwing the fish. My pussy only tastes like water because you're thirsty as shit. I need some lemon pepper and mouse sauce on that dick. Lemon pepper and mouse sauce on that dick. If your dick tastes plain, then I'm throwing the fish. My pussy only tastes like water because you're thirsty as shit. 69 while I'm handcuffed, we call it snitch now. Stand up, bitch, but my tits okay. sit back. Yeah, I fuck with that song, man. I, it's what it's supposed to be. Like this is what yeah. fucking if you if you gonna go into thought rap, go into full ass freak mode, man. <laughs> I don't want that fake ass shit like Ruby Rose was doing. Like, nah, that that's that she talking about peeing in a nigga's face, man. Come on now, dog. That's some real freak shit. I give that two thumbs up. Um I like that song, man. It, she kind of reminds me of a uh, female version of Akin Yelly. Akin the Yelly. dude who did that, Akin Yelly, the dude who put that uh, put in your mouth song. He was oh, a yeah. very vulgar rapper. Yeah. Oh, I and, remember that uh, song. He was talking about some freak shit too, <laughs> and th- that she reminds me of basically a female version of him. So I fuck with it, man. I'm like, fuck it. if you're going down that road, go down yeah. it all the way. Don't be teeter tottering at yeah. with the fucking just because it's a popular sound. Now you could tell she actually about that life. So yeah, yeah, I like that song, man. Do you think this song is, um, as far as content, worse than WAP? It's more extreme. More extreme. Like, this will definitely never be playing on the radio. <laughs> like, it's way more extreme. She was How can about you clean it up? She about, you can't, man. <laughs> like, this was more extreme. This this one takes the cake, pun intended, <laughs> for the, the most vulgar song we've heard today. We were ranking thought rap yeah. <laughs> here. And this one, this one is a winner, man. I would say this one is probably worse. Yeah, I'm not not worse sounding, but you know, worse in content. Yeah, event. it's funny okay. because when this song came on, because mind you, I'm listening to all these. I'm listening to like ten different songs. I'm just letting the playlist play, mm-hmm. and this song come on. I'm like, whoa! She said she wanted a nigga to stretch her her pussy hole <laughs> like new new earrings. I'm like, whoa! I'm like, nah, she just came nah. out the gate firing. <laughs> That shit was that was very look. It was very creative, man. I was thoroughly entertained when each new verse started. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it. pretty much the whole song. And then it, what took the cake for me was when she said, "I, I need some lemon pepper and mild sauce." Yeah. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that should have burned like a motherfucker, man. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, yeah. I was entertained, man. That was a very shit. I'm gonna look it up after we're done. Hopefully, she yep. made a video for it too. Yep. And this young lady is named. Cupcake with two Ks. All right. And, and Let me get her on a podcast, man. I'm a fan I'm, now. I'm going to hit her up. I'm going to see if I get big. <laughs> I've been Ask having some porno questions. Man, I've been having bad luck trying to get a girl with the OnlyFans on, man. I've still been trying to get somebody with the OnlyFans who actually been making money. Because these hoes want money for everything, dog. They want money for an interview. They want money for, like, it, it's tough, man. Unless you, if, unless you enter into the DM about money. They probably gonna ignore you because yeah. that's all they use social media for. So it's <laughs> tough, man. I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try some of the hoes I follow too, <laughs> see if I get it. But I probably won't, you know, because it is what they don't know us. So yeah. yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I thought I had somebody. I hit up somebody, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I, I never did a podcast," but she been kind of ignoring me. So I'm like, "Fuck, it. I ain't about to keep," you know. Yeah, beg- I ain't about to be begging at this point. So. Yeah, I got a five dollars for a subscription if you do our podcast. How about that, man? Yeah, <laughs> I, I will volunteer. <laughs> I send, I, hey, I'll send you the money so it don't yeah. pop up on my bank statement. <laughs> nah, we we gonna hunt. We we gonna find one, man. I think. Yeah, it, it, it's a pandemic. 
you know, hoes, hoes get hoes hungry and they thirsty. Yeah. So I think we're gonna find somebody. But <laughs> all right, man. That was a fun challenge, man. Appreciate yeah. you putting that together. That was fun. For sure, for sure. <laughs> all right, good. man. We can go ahead and wrap this thing up now. Very entertaining podcast we had today. Yeah. Um, shout out again to our good friend Joyce Gilliard. Remember to check her out on social media. Follow her on social media. Check out her short film Daddy's Home as well. Um, any other shout out? Shout out to Tab. He got Tab Tech going still. He'll sell you a computer, phone, whatever you need. Mm-hmm. A car battery. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got everything. House man. arrest bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> you will unlock your phone and your bracelet if, yeah. you, if you go see him, man. So. <laughs> Yeah, check out Tab Tech on social media. Check out Tab. Very interesting guy. I'll, I'll put it like that. Very interesting character. For sure. Tab <laughs> um, who else? Shout out to anybody else doing things that we, we ain't mentioned yet. Mm. I think that's about it. If you, if you got something going on, give us a shout out. You know, we'll, we'll plug your shit, man. For sure. Um, you got a new Figgy's World out, Figgy? Uh, no, I haven't been doing any Figgy's Worlds, man. I kind of laid off of it because I didn't want to get too corny with it. Yeah. Like, I I wanted each one to be interesting. So, I, you know, I'm like, uh, like I ain't, I ain't want to get too corny with it when I'm just throwing out bullshit. So if, really. I, if I do do something interesting, I'm definitely going to uh, drop one. All right. Keep us in tune, man. Mm-hmm. And of course, always check him out on the great uh, In the Loop show, ten to two Sports Radio six ten. You can stream it, you can watch it on your radio, whatever you're doing. You check that show out. Very cool vibe they got going on. Um, and of course, follow him at Figgy Fig on social media. I'm at Houston Rocket with two T's on Twitter. And shout out to Jasmine as well. She putting in work behind the scenes, so yes, shout sir. out to her. Yep. And I believe that's it. So for everybody involved, thank y'all for listening and we out.